Hello everybody and welcome to Glitch Free Gaming episode 162. No, yeah. 163, is it not? It's 162. No, 162. Oh, right, okay. I, I just like saying things to be contrary. And what happens, you go away for a while. Because, yeah, just because he's been away for a while and he doesn't get to do the intro. Yep, that's it. I will fuck up everyone's fun. Hooray for me! Yay! Well, I just changed you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it has. And as everyone can hear, Mike is back, and as always, we're joined by Kieran. Hi. So, uh, I think there's probably going to be like one major topic of this podcast. Yeah, there is. Thumping. Hemorrhoids. Also hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> Thumping hemorrhoids. Oh God! Don't don't do that. That's, that's, whatever you do, if you have hemorrhoids, do not thump them. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but before we pass over to Mike for all the uh, the board gaming stuff, I think we'll start with Kieran and hear what he's been playing and up to this week. Awesome. Um, nothing hemorrhoids related, thankfully. Um, Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Already so, been a shit topic. <laughs> so I've been playing a couple of things uh, Stuff I mentioned last week uh, Paper Mario Color Splash i played a decent bit more of that uh, It's continuing to be A lot of fun like It's really well written, really funny, really pretty The combat's starting to Drag on a little bit because When you fight enemies You get better cards From them and you also get like upgrades For your, your hammer which gives you the ability to use to carry more paint which lets you use more stuff when you're attacking and uh, also paint the world as you go around and it's it just kind of gives you very little from each individual fight and just kind of drags on a little bit um but overall really enjoying paper mario so far i've not got a whole lot to add other than that um mafia 3 i played Yep. decent bit more Mafia 3 um, so far my worries about the structure of it that I kind of had last week have kind of come true uh, okay like it has a really strong intro like I I haven't talked to anyone who has played it and not came out of the intro going this game's fucking amazing mm-hmm. but then also a lot of them have gotten to the next sections and been like oh it's kind of repetitive um, but you it, tend to expect that with that style of game. I mean, yes and no. Like you know, you get obviously the most, uh, the biggest example of these kind of games would be like GTA. But even yeah. like previous Mafia games, like you have those, you tend to have story missions one after the other that are unique and do something cool, and they're usually quite fun. Yeah, Mafia has a couple of those, but for the most part. It's all about this territory control stuff where you're in the city, you're trying to take it... Uh, you're basically trying to take over the, the areas of the city controlled by the kind of underlings of the Mafia so that you can reach their boss. So you can take him out, and once you take all of those guys out, you can take out the big boss. But it means that a lot of the territory control stuff is just go to the next section of the city, smash up all their rackets, shoot all of their enforcers you know, blackmail all of their snitches and then kill their leader. And then do you all do, the things. Then you go to the next area and you do the same thing. And then you go to the next area and you do the next thing the same thing. 
So I'm not sure if that changes at all at some point. I'm really hoping it does because I really like that series and I'd really like what they're doing with the storytelling in it. Like I mentioned last yeah. week, but they do this cool like documentary style, like a true crime style thing. And that's really cool, but there's not much of it. Which is kind of a shame. So I'm hoping I, it picks I up. I want to kind of chip in that I played Mafia 2 and it was really the same. It, it was there was a lot of repetition. It wasn't really I, from what I remember there was a lot a lot of repetition. I think you're completely remembering it though, because Mafia Two was entirely story missions. Like Mafia Two's issue was there was nothing in the open world. It was just go to story mission, do a story mission, do a story mission, do a story mission. It was repetitive in that it was a cover based shooter and you were shooting dudes. But Yeah, pretty much. I mean this yeah. is repetitive in that all of the mission structure for all of the shooting dudes is the same. Alright, okay. Fair um, enough. Um, like, if you're, you're I'm playing still a shooter... Really looking forward to it. Well, I'm still really looking forward to playing it and I'm still really getting enjoying my hands it. on it. I'm still really enjoying it. It's just not you know, as good as I was hoping it would be. But then it does such really good things with like the tone and the setting and all the music and stuff like that. It's really good. So, yeah, I need to play more of it. But not as good as a Snowden. Um other than that I played Hundred Foot Robot Golf. Um, Which you were loving last week. I, I don't know if I'd say loving, but I was enjoying it. Um I played the multiplayer of it this time, which is what I hadn't played last week. And as I kinda of suspected, that is kind of the main draw of that game. because uh, the AI doesn't really do much except for just play golf. But the fun of robot golf is that it's sort of, I mean, it's, it's a golf game. It's like a really arcadey, silly golf game where you're giant mechs. But yeah, the fun really comes from intervening when your opponent is trying to play golf. So you could just walk your giant mech in front of their golf ball and it'll just bounce off you. And it's like, oh, that's a shame. Sucks to be you. Or you could smash a building and knock it over so that it falls over in front of where their golf ball is and they just can't hit it anywhere because there's a fucking building in front of it. Um, and just Or you just run around shooting lasers everywhere and hope for the best, which is kind of what happened a lot. Um, that's, that's what I'd do. Yeah. It's really silly. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a bunch of different robots and they all play differently, which is kind of cool. Um, so, like, one of them has the kind of old, like, kind of the hotshot style... Well, I guess Hot Shots has multiple different styles as well, but kind of the one you would usually think of for a basic golf game with the kind of meter filling and you hit the button to set the power and then another one to set the swing. Um, yeah. And then there's another one that's kind of weird that's... It has two kind of, um, like, velocity kind of gauges. And so you have to hold down both the triggers on the controller. And if you're doing a full power shot, you just hold them all the way down. But usually you don't want to swing full power all the time, so it kind of points you direct, points you roughly to how strong you need your swing to be to get to where you're aiming, and you have to hold the triggers kind of like halfway in or like three quarters of the way in, or whatever, and you have to do this for two of them at the same time, and then swing, so it's like really weirdly precise and quite fun. But I'm enjoying that. I really like the style of it. It's silly. Um, I think you might like that one, Mike, because I know you like your golf games. Yeah, yeah. You can arcade golf. Um, so that's because. That's certainly something I'd enjoy as well. But... Well, yeah, true, true. 
I just know. I was just mainly saying because I know that Mike likes uh, everybody's golf. Yes, which is great. It's not really as good a golf game as that, but the golf is kind of a. It's like it's almost like a secondary part of it to some degree, because <laughs> you're not playing for par. It's like a race. It's the first person to get the ball in the hole. It doesn't matter if you hit it way more times. You just have to be the first one to do it. Um, which makes it especially silly, but it's quite fun. Uh, and then the other thing I played uh, is Thumper. Ah. So Thumper is a rhythm game. About play. hitting hemorrhoids? It's no. Definitely not. I mean, it might be. It's kind of abstract. Maybe it's a metaphor for that. <laughs> um, but it's uh, a rhythm game where you're playing as this like big scarab thing, like a big kind of scaraby beetle-looking thing that's kind of flying down a kind of abstract highway that you would. It reminded me of like the highway in like Audio Surf or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the music plays and things happen that you have to react to and button press in the right way at the right time uh, to counter. So for the main thing is like turning corners. So a corner will show up and you have to hold X and the direction of the corner and you skim across the corner and another one's like little you know, droplets will appear on the ground and you have to press X to <clears> slam into them and pick them up. And it gets more and more complicated. It gets faster and faster and it's just a stupid amount of fun. Um, and all the music is like this really, like, this, like this really kind of, uh, just percussion, percussion heavy, like lots of drums, very kind of like overwhelming almost, just bearing down on you at all times. It's it feels like really dark. It's really good, um, but it's it's. Just it's a really fun rhythm game. Like we talk about mm-hmm. rhythm games a lot on here. Yes, we do. Um, We're fans of rhythm games. Yeah, and this is definitely one of the better ones I've played in quite a wee while. Um, but yeah, it's also super difficult, which is good. It has boss fights, which is a weird thing for a rhythm game to have. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, like Theater Rhythm had them, but that's because Theater Rhythm's whole thing was it was Final Fantasy. Yes, um, but the. The way they describe this game uh, is the the developers refer to it as uh, uh, rather than rhythm rhythm action, it's rhythm violence. Right. So you've got these boss fights. You've got uh, when you mess up, it's a very kind of brutal feeling, kind of you know attack on your beetle. Um, and then all these boss fights are just like you just have to basically nail the it'll basically spit out a pattern of stuff and you've just got to nail it and when you nail it you fire a big kind of laser thing at them and it explodes and all of the all of the look of the game is like this weird abstract stuff that just looks really nice um it's a really hard game to describe but i definitely mm-hmm. recommend it um it will be one that we'll be talking about towards game of the year i think because it is that good uh, and it's also one that's going to make me try and steal a friend's PlayStation VR headset when they have it because it has VR support, which oh yeah sounds terrifying. Like that game is fucking brutal and overwhelming without a VR headset. So 
That sounds... Yeah, that does sound a bit insane. <laughs> it sounds like it'd give you. It sounds like a nightmare, honestly. That would be interesting. I'd I'd like to see that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's it really. Uh, on my cool. phone, I downloaded Love Live. I'm gonna play that. It's got some J-pop in it. That's a rhythm game. You guys like rhythm games? We just admitted this. Yes. Yes, we did. So you got to go download Love Live. I try to remember the full name of it because it's fucking stupid. Love Life School Idol Festival. Oh God! It's an easy to play rhythm action. Simply tap uh-huh. the screen to the music, and it's got weird kind of like dating simulator hooks in it because it's Love Live, and it's Japanese as hell. Yeah, I was gonna say um, is if it's got J-pop in it. Is there anything we should be slightly worried about? In... Oh, one hundred percent. All right. Okay. It's. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, to, you I'm looking at the moment, and Kieran, I'm sure you can be arrested for playing this. Uh well, me and either that, million, I'll go blind. Me and one million other people, according to the downloads on this thing. So right, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> popular game. Just because there's a lot of these doesn't mean it's right. Can't arrest <laughs> us all. We uh, can try. <laughs> Uh, can hold us. Yes, exactly. I might need... it's quite a fun little rhythm game. It's super simple. Uh, All right, yeah, it has these weird dating simulator fucking hooks that I've been tapping my way through as quickly as possible because they're they take up a lot of time, and I'm just like, I want to play rhythm games on the bus. This is why I downloaded this. Come on, guys. Ah, uh, well, I am down. I am downloading it as we speak. So yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, but that's it. That's. Uh, just a bunch of things that I've played a little bit of, really. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, I suppose call? I'll... Yeah, I suppose I'll go next, and then we shall leave the the torrential amount of board games for last. So <laughs> I, I literally... I turning my microphone off when it was Mike's turn and just let it go. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I was thinking about doing the same. Let's go, I'll come back. I'll check in, like, once every hour, and if he's done, I'll, pause, I'll stop the recording and send it to you. Done. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I was missed by the sounds of things. Um, yeah, so there, I've literally only played one thing that's new this week. I'm still playing, uh, still playing Madden. I'm enjoying, as I said last week, Sticking that on between writing coursework essays and things, just because it's good on for ten minutes at a time, fifteen minutes at a time. Um, still playing a bit of basic, still finding that quite fun. Haven't got too much further. Been doing a lot of side missions because, as I said, I've not been playing anything for too long. Mm-hmm. And then the new thing I've actually played is the demo for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Oh, um, how is it? I quite enjoyed the demo, the nice little graphic tweak. I mean, it's not anything overly more than they already had in uh, X and Y. Right, yeah, because you never played the, the the Sapphire and Ruby. No, I didn't. Uh, so I'm, I'm going up, I'm basing it off X and Y. Looks very similar, 3D sprites, little tiny bit of graphic fidelity upgrade, looks quite nice. Um, visually, style of the, the islands that's meant to look like Hawaii, really, really nice. I, I like the whole 
the visual aesthetic of it. They've they've captured that in Pokemon game form. Cool. Uh, there's a couple of the new Pokemon in the demo. Uh, you actually don't get to play with any of them. You don't actually get to use any. You get to fight against them, but you don't get to use any. Okay. Um, I've never, de- I know that multiple of them have had it, but I've never actually played a demo of a Pokemon game before. Like the what, first one I've ever played. Where does it actually start? You like what do you do in the demo? Because uh, so by default, this... like Pokemon doesn't sound like something that would inherently fit a demo. It really isn't. So in this, you start as a kid, and this the kid is called Sun. You know, evidently. Um, maybe okay. maybe he's called maybe he's called Moon. Maybe someone who's played it's got a character called Moon. Maybe they've done that. But my my character, character was Sun. Called Dora. Um, so you've just moved to the island uh, and your mother suggests you go to town hall to register as living in the Aloha region now Uh, you've you've come from Kanto by the way so you do that and you register as living in the area and then you meet a kid who's like oh you you know instantly obviously knows you like hey your son like "Who, who the fuck are you but they, they know you, <laughs> and they know who you are, and they're like, oh, cool, we should have a Pokemon battle. And then you get a little pop-up, and it's like from Ash, and it's like, uh, remember, you're looking after my Lucario. So you end up, you, you, turns out you've got a Lucario. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you, you battle him, and then two of the, the bad guys show up, Team Skull, and you battle them. And that gets to show you some of the, the new Pokemon from that region. The uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the one that looks like a, a Donald Trump hair on a weasel. Sure. Uh, sounds genuine... like Pokemon. That sounds... You say that to me, that sounds like something that's got, that a Pokemon would look like. And one of the Pokemon's uh, literally just something dressed up as Pikachu, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> And then you, you, there's another one that's got like one of the the barge Pokemon. Um, there's no tall grass at the start of it, so you beat them, and then the uh, professor shows up, and you do the whole chat with the professor, and he's like, "Hey, I've got this Pikachu. You should take this with you." So you get Pikachu, and then you go meet the professor to take on one of the Aloha trials. Now we think that the trials are going to take over from the gyms. But from what I played in the demo, I hope not. Because the trial was just genuinely um, going to a cave and photograph a Pokemon, or photograph four Pokemon. All of right. Selling me on this Pokemon Snap. Let's go. It's genuinely, you use the 3DS to move around as if it was the viewfinder, and then you, you hit one of the shoulder buttons to take the photo. Oh my god, you tell me there's a Pokemon Snap minigame in this Pokemon there's game. There's a Pokemon Snap minigame in the, in the game. There oh, is. He, I may, he's gone. I may charge the 3DS. <laughs> there is a Pokemon Snap minigame. It's, the, it's one of the trials in this demo. Uh, by the way, the demo doesn't take that long to download. So you do that. You photograph those four Pokemon. When you photograph them, you need to battle them because you startle them with a flash on your camera. Uh, which is, is fine. Um, by that point, you've got Pokemon and Lucario. They're easy enough. Everything's... Oh, your Pokemon are like level 35. Everything else is like level 20 to 30. So you're beating them with not too much trouble. 
you get to the the legendary or the the boss of the the trial. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but the you trial do that. Leader. Yeah, you you beat that Pokemon, which is the final one you photograph, uh, and then the professor appears, and the professor gives you. I can't remember exactly what it's called. I've only played through it once. I intend to do it again. Something but they give Pokédex. No, no, not <laughs> this thing that um, powers up your move uh, on Pikachu. Powers up one of the moves on Pikachu. Oh, is it the it's same? Like... Is it like the Mega Ring thing from X? It's... No, it's not Mega Evolution. It's a new thing they're bringing in in Sun and Moon where you can power up one move and it turns it into a me- like a super move or a mega move or something like that for one 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 turn during the, the battle. So you do that and you do it on Pikachu and you take down uh, more Pokemon, uh, more Team Skull guys that appear. And then once you've done that, the, uh, the demo is pretty much over um, from what I can remember. You can go and do a bit more wandering around. There's some tall grass. You see a couple of Pokemon, but you don't have any Pokeballs to catch them. And that's as far as I got. I didn't kind of wander around and talk to anyone yeah. else. To it, sounds see like a, it sounds like a relatively standard kind of you know, Pokemon game intro. Yeah, it pretty much it feels like you're playing the intro. Yeah. Only choosing a starter. Yeah. And you're the two level thirty-five Pokemon. Well, uh, so you uh... do a bit of battling. There's the Pokemon Snap mini game. You get to see a bit of the island. You get to meet the professor. You get to meet the guy that will be not your rival, but the other one that they, they brought in in the other games. So the person that's your friend. Alright. Um, those next I didn't really like that next and You said the fucking squad of buddies. Yeah. So you get to meet that person. Get to battle a couple of like trial Pokemon. You get to battle the the big one at the end. Get to battle the uh, Team Skull leader or one of the Team Skull leaders, and you get to test out the new like Mega Move thing. Um, thoroughly enjoyable. If you enjoy Pokemon games, you will like it. It's really got me looking forward to Sun and Moon. I think I'm gonna buy Sun uh, mainly because I prefer the legendary that's on box for sun uh otherwise i actually think i prefer moon because depending on what one you buy depends on what certain pokemon evolve into um, uh, they, did right, okay. they did that with x and y as well with the mega evolutions yes yeah there's a, there's a little rock pokemon that's like a, a mini a, a baby wolf and he either turns into like a so he, he, his evolution is different for sun and moon and the moon evolution is a lot cooler because it's like a freaking fighting werewolf rock thing. It's a, it's a rock fighting type. That's and it's pretty... Um, but the big thing from that is not me playing it. There was a massive data mine from that demo. And a lot of leaks for Pokemon that hadn't been announced yet. Um, I so don't want to know. We've now seen the final evolutions of the starters and stuff like that floating around the internet. And yes, letting the fire type is a fire freaking fighting. Um, is that uncommon? Wasn't that the case in Pokemon Gold? That's been the case for as long oh, as. I see. It's fire. Not... 
You know, seeing yeah. as though it's a rare thing, you're like, of course it is. No, of course it's a fire freaking fighting. No, no. Litton had the opportunity, or from the way he looks, he could have evolved into a fire dark, which everyone was hoping for. But literally since since we had Blaziken, we've had yeah, firefighting Yeah, Blaziken was what I was thinking of. Uh, is Charizard a dragon yet? No. Oh, fuck this game. Charizard will never be a dragon. Why? They made the fucking Alola evolution of um, Executor a fucking dragon. That's true. That That's goddamn true. tree is a dragon before the guy who is a fucking generic looking dragon is a dragon. <laughs> fuck Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon's not any game, man. I know, you're selling me with that, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much all we played uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable half hour 45 minutes uh, if you have any interest at all in the Pokemon games and you have at any point go download it doesn't take long spend 45 minutes on it it might make you decide whether you're going to give Sun and Moon a chance cool I think I'll give it a download I wasn't, uh, with I wasn't joking about needing to charge my 3DS though. I do know where my 3DS is right now. <laughs> uh, and with that, I'm going to hand over to, to Mike and he can regale us with tales of yeah. foreign lands. Yes, the foreign lands of America in Red Dead Revolver. <laughs> <laughs> um, just quickly, I... Uh, yeah, as you would have guessed, I was because uh, I was away in honeymoon, and then, then we did Essen for four days and stuff like that. I, I haven't played. It, I described it in the uh, description of the last podcast as you were wanting to play more games than were legal to play here, so you had to flee the country. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Um, so I haven't played much on the the console. I just turned the consoles on. Um, just before we started recording, just to see what was out. Uh, I remember reading Red Dead Revolver had been ported onto uh, PS4, and so I picked that up, £12, had a look at the intro and the a little bit of the, the first uh, mission. It looks good, um, so I'm looking forward to playing that again. It was one of my favourite games when it originally came out in PS2, so that's quite good. Also downloaded the demo to World of Final Fantasy, so... Oh, I is that, that out? I played that. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's that's <laughs> also Pokemon, so you should probably play that. Um, it's Pokemon, yeah, I, but you catch Final Fantasy monsters. Yeah, I quite I quite fancy that. Um, so I that's why I downloaded it. So I'll check that out. Um, on the digital front, uh, thing that I did play was I played um, a digital version of a car of a card game a board game um which i played more sentinels of the multiverse if anyone is following that game uh, sentinels of the multiverse has just come out with the season pass 2 so they are that's it they're getting ready to bring out the you know the, the season pass should be all completed uh, by the season pass and then they'll, they'll drip feed it to you with the final stuff being out sometime by next year so this time next year i think is where they're on they're aiming for to get everything done um and there was a sale i'm not too sure if it's still on but it was a digital sale they were selling the the base game for silly money as well it was like two dollars in the states and i think it was like three pound here uh across all formats 
So um, might be worth checking out if you still haven't bought that. Uh, digitally, nothing else. I didn't really play anything else because we were in Germany and we went to Essen. So uh, Essen is the world's largest board game fair. It uh, happens four days. I don't know why I'm telling you this because I've spoke fucking enough about it hey, anyway. Where, where does it happen? It happens in Essen in Germany. Oh. Uh, its proper name is... Um, Essen Spiel or just Spiel um, and uh, the board game community have just shortened it down to Essen yeah. um, so I, like I said happens uh, over four days uh, Thursday through to Sunday and hundreds and hundreds of board games get released um, over that weekend so we went we had a look um Braved the, the crowds early on Thursday morning and went in and picked up a couple of things. So two things that I was desperate to pick up and uh, I think they eventually did end up selling out. So I, but I did get my copy was uh, a game called Innis. Yes, I have this pre-ordered. Ah, you got Innis pre-ordered. Excellent. Um, so we I don't think we spoke about Innis in the podcast at all. I don't think so because not, neither of us actually played it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, um, Innis is a four-player game. The idea is that you are, um, all all of you are um, leaders of Celtic clans and you've just landed on this land and what's happening is you, you find areas, you discover them and you, 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 you want to be the chief of all the Celts. Um, and and what you do is you co- you go into a land and uh, or a territory, and you are, you know, you want to be have the most uh, clan, the most of your clan in that area, and you would therefore be the the chief of that that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the the main thing about this game is the the map, the board. So the way it's played is it's tiles. So each area is a tile, and it's cut into like like an island shape or like a, a territory shape. And what you do is every time you discover a new area, it clicks into place and you end up building this beautiful map. Um, uh, on that map, what happens is you place your your clans and you do that by um, playing certain cards. So in a four-player game, there are 16 orders that will happen in a turn. Um, the one of these turns may uh, sorry one of these orders may be that the um, the the first player called the Bren he's kind of like the actor the the kind of um, acting chief of the, of the entire thing he will discover a new land and uh, he will decide where to put it or he decides where to place an area and then this this new tile gets placed uh, one of the other orders is that you can move. Um, clans that you have on the map and you can move them from one area to another another one will allow you to cause a fight um and all so all of these orders are on 16 different cards and how do you know what orders get played well what happens is card drafting so at the beginning of the game uh you if you're playing a two-player game uh the number of cards reduces obviously but what would happen in a two-player game is that you would deal three cards to yourself and three cards to your opponent. You both look at the, the cards and you would take one of the orders that you want that you you know is beneficial to what you're trying to do. You keep that and you give the other two 
to your opponent, they do the same thing. You now can uh, look at all the cards you've got, including the one you've just kept, and you keep two of them, and you give one back to your opponent, mm -hmm. and he does the same to you, and that's you've got three cards. You then deal another three cards to each other and do the same thing. You do the drafting again. Um, so this means that um, you know there may be a time where it's going to be your opponent's turn to discover the new land and get his clan there first, or it could be your turn if you're smart enough. Um, and also the, the luck of the draw, so it just depends. Yeah. Um, the same thing happens in a four-player game, but there's obviously a little more cards, so you're not dealing three cards to each person. And it changes changes it a little bit, um, and you're drafting to the person on your left or right, rather than you know just person directly across from you. Uh, there is a, a, quite a load of other neat things that the game does as well. Uh, it's the way that it handles combat. So um, one of the things that you can do during the game is you can place buildings. Uh, one of the buildings is a sanctuary, and it doesn't do anything, but it counts to one of the requirements for the end game. So to be able to win the game, uh, there needs to be a certain amount of sanctuaries on the board. But there are also citadels. And what citadels do is they have a little space on them. So when uh, you're being attacked in a territory, um, you can place your player or one of your clans in the citadel, and he's untouchable. He can't be attacked because he's in the citadel's walls. Um, and the citadel so, has like a little spot for you to actually put the little dude in doesn't it yes yeah like, yes yeah, so you I can... saw that i've seen it's one of the reasons <laughs> i wanted to buy this game was um shut up and sit down and did a review of it and that was kind of the first time i'd even heard of it right and they showed all of that kind of stuff they showed you know how all the pieces look all nice it's got the card draft and stuff which i've only played like pretty much two games that have those kind of drafting mechanics um uh-huh uh, Seven Wonders and uh, Between Two Cities. Right, yeah. And I just really enjoy that as a mechanic and things. And so it sounds really cool to apply it to this kind of like a territory control kind of thing. Yeah, um, the, the thing, the, the nice thing about it is that you know what orders are going to come out in the game. Mm -hmm. They have to come out with the exception of one of them, which is one card that you discard. Yeah. You know, before you shuffle everything, or after you've shuffled, it. yeah. So you don't know what card's going to sit out, but other than that, you know this. There's so many rules that are going to come out, mm -hmm. um, and it's just you don't know where they're going to come from. Yeah. Um, so it it comes in a with a four player game. Uh, there is well in just in the game in general, there's a card that allows you to ignore the last card played. You know, so it disregards whatever the last order was. Yeah. Um, so you find yourself when you're playing the game, you're thinking, right, wait, you know, you're you're hoping that card will come out before you play the your big move. Um, so you try and you try and fake it out, and especially in a two-player game, um, you know, I'd play a card and I'm going, right, hopefully, hopefully this is the one that's going to get kiboshed. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and it's just uh, even in the drafting, the drafting although it's secret, you know, because you keep one card and then you hand the other one out. Um, especially after you've done the first one, you know, you, there may be a card that's potentially useless at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game. Yeah. And you end up, if it comes out first, you just end up passing it between each other. 
<laughs> and it's like, for fuck's sake, please take that card. <laughs> it's like, no, fuck <laughs> off, you take it. So, it, you know, even that's just a little bit of fun. But it is a really good game. It looks quite complicated, you know, with all these pieces and the cards and things. Um, and it was, it took a little bit to explain. Um, right, this is what happens. This is what we're doing. But the game moves on at a fair clip. It is quite fast-paced. Once you've been through one round, it is an excellent game. Um, I think it's... I'm really glad I got it. Um, And I think it's going to be one of my Mm -hmm. contenders for board game of the year. Um, So that was was my second purchase of the the festival. Um, It was going to be my first, but I went to the, the, the desk... And it was a, a little French woman because the company is Matigo, which is a French company. And uh, she's as like, can I buy the game? And she's no like, no, no, this is pre-order. And that's a very te- bad French accent. But yeah, she <laughs> says, no, it's, it's pre-order. I need to come back in, in 10 minutes. So it's like, okay. So I went away for five minutes, came back. And nobody had come to collect her pre-orders. And then I got the game anyway. That's great. <laughs> that's um, so silly. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think she was ready, you know, because I, we were uh, quite at the front. Um, we'd been yeah. waiting, uh, queuing up. Um, so or maybe the, they had like game... an allocated time or something like that for the like, look, we're not allowed <laughs> to, we can't before this. Like, <sighs> I, well, funny enough, yeah. Um, so if you go to um, Spiel and you end up um, doing what I did last year, which is demoing at a table or demoing at a company, you get in. You can essentially get into the hall two hours before it opens up to the crowd. So you can go and have a walk around and things like that. And one of the things that companies are not allowed to do is they're not allowed to sell you something. So um, until the the fair opens 10 o'clock, that's it. That's when you can do business. Um, Now, if you go to one of the big companies and you try and buy something, they won't sell it to you. You know, but if you're walking past, um, there was a company that uh, worked, had a stall next to us last year, and it was like, you know, 15 minutes to go. And I went in and introduced myself and spoke to the guy, and he's very nice. And I said, Listen, would it be possible? Would you mind? Could I buy the game from you now? Would that be, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, but the, the bigger companies, I think they're, um, they're scared just in case somebody's watching them because they had, yeah. you know, if you do step out of line there, they, they, they will kind of find the companies and things like that mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, yeah, they do have rules about when you can buy and, you know, when you can sell and things like that. So, and this was the last game. Oh, sorry. I beg your pardon. It was the first game that I bought. Uh, <laughs> and last game. You picked up one game at SSP. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. A massive departure from last year. <laughs> You're like, I went overboard yeah. last year. I just need to get one. Just one. Yep, that's it. I'm done. So, yes, it was going to be my first, but ended up being my second. The first game that I did buy was a game called Last Friday. I've so, seen you post a picture of this. It looks intriguing. We're going with this one. Yeah. Is this the... So, the this the is, this is the slasher... The slasher one, yeah. Slasher game. So, uh, the game is set in a, a camp in America. Um in the 80s and uh, there's a maniac loose and of course there is mm-hmm. picking off everyone one by one so that, that that's it it's a slasher it's a slasher movie in a game uh, and it's one against many so you've got one person playing the maniac and you've got five other people playing 
the the campus. I was going to say the victims, but yes, the camp, <laughs> the campus. <laughs> um, uh, or it doesn't have to be five players. You can have you know three players, but they still need to control the five people. Um, the game is split into chapters, um, and this is very interesting. So you guys have obviously played uh, one of our favourites, Letters from Whitechapel. Yes, and that's yes. actually the only reason I remember this game is because you mentioned it to me, and I said this sounded like a bit like Letters from Whitechapel in some ways. Yes. And looked up online, and all of their prototypes, they were using Letters from Whitechapel pieces. Yes. <laughs> so, so they know. <laughs> yeah. So um, they actually worked. Uh, they're Italian as well. Um, so both games are made by Italians. Uh-huh. And um, I think they got quite a bit of help with, from the, the Whitechapel guys as well. A little bit of advice and things. That's good. Um, so if you look at the board, the board looks like a Letters from Whitechapel board. You know, it's got the exact same uh, system of movement where uh, the Jack the Ripper or the Maniac travels along um, numbered squares and the police and the campers in last Friday's instance travel along um, circles or, or blocks within, you know, in between yeah. the where the numbers are, there's spaces for the police or the campus to move. Yeah, so they're um, never on the same spot. Yeah, so it is... The gameplay is more... near enough identical. Um, the campus take turns uh, walking and they can only move in certain squares or points and then the maniac, he does the same thing. Um, like I said, the game is split into four chapters. The first chapter is the beginning uh, and the game starts with the... The campers are all in the camp in certain places and they know the killer is on the on the loose now. And what they have to do is, is a mad dash for their lives. They have to find keys and get into the cabins and lock themselves away so the, the killer can't get them. So they're they're running around and they're trying uh, they're searching for these keys. The keys are hidden in um, little tents. So they're looking around, turning over it all all these tents looking for the keys and then getting the key and uh, heading so the keys are color coded to go with the cabins so they find the, the right color key and shoot off to the cabin what's happening is that the killer is stalking them mm-hmm. uh, the killer moves uh, so the way around would work is all the campers take one turn they move um, and then it's the killer's turn the killer moves but he doesn't put his move on the board obviously so you don't know where he's moving from um, and the, there's a twist to this, though, that after every third move, the killer has to say where he was three moves ago. Okay. So okay. Right. So um, the killer starts on one side of the board at the beginning of the game, and it's a secret secret area. He decides where he's going to start, and he marks it down. Three moves from now, after he's moved, he then reveals where he started. Yeah. Three moves from there, he reveals where, where he moved to. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so the the campers have a rough idea of where he is. Um, also, what happens as well is every time he reveals, he leaves a clue. Now, the clue, if the campers go back and they investigate the clue, there may be something that helps them. It may be something that helps them fight the, the maniac 
or it may be something that helps them escape, or it could be another dead body. And you don't want to find a dead body because you get all horrified and you can't move and you're, you know, it, it kind of stops you from moving forward. You have to backtrack the, the way that you went. Um, so there's this game of, uh, it's not even cat and mouse, it's my, it's cat. Um, you're running away, you need to get into your um, cabins and lock yourself away and you're safe. If the killer catches you, you die and you're out of that round. Um, now, if the killer catches all six, uh, sorry, all five of the campers, that's it. The game's over, done. If not, it moves on to chapter two. Chapter two is where it's becoming daybreak and the campers have all, you know, saved themselves. They're locked away and they're now they've got a little bit of bravado and now they're going after the killer. Mm -hmm. Now it switches the other way around. It's going back to kind of Whitechapel. You've now got five against one. So they're hunting the the killer. What the killer does this time is after every third move, he has to reveal his true location where he is. He does three moves and he shows, right, this is where I am now. Um, And then he does, you know, another three moves secretly. uh, And then on the third one, this is where I am. Um, if the killers, sorry, if the campers catch the killer, uh, that's it. They, they kill him and they dump his body in the river, in the lake. Mm-hmm. But he comes back for chapter four and he comes back and he's seeking revenge on the person that did the killing blow. So the game switches again. And what you're doing this time is the killer is interested in killing the person that, that gave him the killing blow. Um, and with the other people are, are kind of running interference. They're trying to get in the way of the killer. But if they die, it's inconsequential and more fodder comes. So when you, uh, in the first and third chapters, if you die, you're out of that round until the end. And then a new camper comes and you take their place. They, they take your other character's place. This is pretty good. Yeah, okay. so it's kind it of like me... how... Mo- oh, I, I was going to say it's kind of like how um, slashes worked, how um, Friday the Thirteenth and things worked. You know, everyone died except one character, but we, they replaced them with the same sort of stereotypes yeah. in the yeah in the same film in the next film. I was going to say yeah. it reminded so that, me of uh, Left for Dead, where people die and they just kind of find them again later. It's like, oh, yeah, he's back. <laughs> Sorry, don't worry. He was hiding out in this toilet the whole time. Yeah. Um, no, this one you. So you, you take control of a different character. All oh, right. Okay. Um, and then that's it. Uh, and then the final battle. So um, if the killer doesn't kill the, the, the predestined, then it becomes a final battle. And the final battle is a showdown between the guy that hit the, 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 did the killing blow and the villain. It's the final battle. And how this one works is you're basically wanting to get the two characters to, you know, to either the one to cross so if the killer crosses the path of the camper he dies but if the camper crosses the path of the the killer then he dies okay. and what your and what your other characters are doing what your other campers are doing is this time they're trying to block and contain the the killer because the killer now he can't pass over them mm-hmm. he can't kill them so it's like um, how I always lose in Letters for Whitechapel yeah, where you get where you get uh, <laughs> keep getting cornered. Fen- yes, you get cornered and fenced in. So they want to try and fence you in and allow 
their guy to come in and, and do the killing blow. Um, yeah, so it's it's a good twist on the letter from Whitechapel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a little fiddle about with it, and I'm really looking forward to getting it to the table. So um, that was my that was my first official purchase. And then I picked up a copy of Innis as well. Um, checked out a whole load of games. A um, lot of stuff. There was a lot of... I think we spoke about this privately um, about last year, but there was a whole load of Kickstarters mm-hmm. that I seen and, and backed. and uh, A couple that I'd backed before and a couple that I'd went and checked out. Um, I found a game called Dungeon Keeper... Uh, sorry, Dragon Keeper. Mm-hmm. Yes, this one intrigues the hell out of me. Yeah, so this was a Kickstarter. I didn't know it was a Kickstarter until um, about half an hour ago. I, you know, so I, I think I had this Kickstarter backed for a while and then cancelled it because I didn't have money. All right. So this is a cool little game. It's a set collection game. And the idea is that all the players are... You know, we're living in a time where people are afraid of of dragons, so they go in and they go to fight them and basically plunder the, all their their dungeons full of gold and things. Um, but the four the four players, the four of us, we are now we work with the dragon. And what we do is we we kind of give the dragon insider knowledge, and we fe- we basically feed the adventurers to him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the idea, the game is played on a, it has a grid, um, and uh, you know each block, each square of this grid has a, an adventurer on it. And what you're doing is you cho- you tell the the dragon where to go. So you're far, you get two moves for the dragon, um, and the the adventurers are just basically tiles. So what you do is your first move is you can move the dragon in a a straight line vertically um, and you can pick up I think five or six blocks you can pick up any one you wish Where, wherever you stop you pick up that block and it's got a score on it that becomes yours um, for your second move you have to move the dragon uh, now in the row so you've done the column now you're doing the row horizontally um, and you land on a tile and you pick up that tile and you give it to the person on your right Okay. okay, so you you give them a score. Uh, the other thing that happens as well is at the beginning of the game, um, all the tiles are coloured. So there's four colours, and you're secretly given a colour which you have to avoid because any points you get in that colour are worth negative points for you. Okay. Um, so yep. So you, you're playing through the game and you're moving the dragon once um, to get. a a tile for yourself then you're moving him a second time you're moving him horizontally to give a tile to your opponent mm-hmm. now okay. you can play you can play strategically you can get rid of all the colors that you don't want um you know because they're net, they're bad for you so you can maybe give them all to your opponent or there's other tactics that you can play you can give him all the the lower numbers and and things like that. The the tiles, there's special power ups that the other power, the that certain tiles do, and things like that. But the the biggest thing about this game is that once you are finished, the 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 grid that you're on, you move to the next level. So it is a dungeon, so it has three levels, 
Um, it starts on the ground level, then it goes down a little bit deeper, then it goes down right down to the depths of the dungeon. Um, so the the board game uh, box is uh, comes with uh, another. There's obviously the lid of the box and the bottom of the box, and there's another small box inside. And these three combine to build the three levels of the dungeon. So once you've finished the first level, you you literally take this box lift it off the top, put it on the side of the table, and that's you got your second your second level ready to go. And you do nice. the same thing. You do the same yeah, thing. You so play cool. that level. That's what really intrigued me about it from yeah. what I've, I've, I've seen. Yeah, that was um, basically the reason I backed it, because I saw that and thought, that looks really cool. Yeah. It is a very, very simple set collection game. You're just moving this dragon to get pieces, making sure you avoid other pieces. At the end, you're doing scores. Uh, it does a couple of neat little things as well. Um, and it was very, very, it was very cheap. Um, it was it was quite funny because we played the game. Um, they had a, a really cool version of it set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a big 3D model of it. And it was, you know, this huge painted dragon and things like that. And uh, we walked past it and we couldn't get uh, somebody was playing it. But I seen, you know, obviously the retail version behind them. So mm-hmm. uh, I said to Anne, well, let's have a, a play of that one. So we sat down and we played the game, really enjoyed it. The, the guy who did the demo was um, really nice, uh, really cool. And uh, we said, no, that was amazing. That was really good. And I said, you know, how much is this game? And he said, oh, it's, it's 25 euros. Mm-hmm. And I went, I, I was stunned that a game that looked so you know this this good uh the the miniature the dragon was beautiful i loved all the the gameplay elements and i was taken aback i was like really and the guy's french <laughs> so it was just and he turns around and he's yes like you know like, like i was having a go at his game or something it was I was like, no, no, no. It's like here take my money take my money uh, <laughs> yeah and um because i couldn't believe it such a good quality game was you know relatively yeah. inexpensive it um, was, that's the price it was on kickstarter as well it was 25 yes, euros yeah um so i didn't get any any of the the stretch goals or anything with mm. well some of the stretch goals were you know the, the quality of the, the cards game, yeah. yeah yeah um but there was a couple of things like um as a special bag yeah and special boards they're not in the retail version okay that makes uh, sense uh, okay. yeah yeah um, yeah, so that was that was really cool. Another Kickstarter that I that we found, um, we wandered past these guys was um, the Fog of Love guys. So yes, yes, yes. I think you've yeah, I think you've both seen this game before. Um, this is the game that is the the relationship game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a two player game, and uh, what you do is you create your characters that you're going to be. Um, so uh, and the story of the game is that uh, you know man boy meets girl or it can be boy meets boy it can be girl meets girl any combination that you wish and you build up your character so you build up whether you're male or female you build your character um, you give them an occupation and you give them or your your partner your or your opponent depending on how you want to play the game gives you three traits so in the demo that we played, I ended up being an introvert programmer um, who had an asymmetrical face, wore nerdy glasses, and oh, I can't remember the other trait, but essentially I ended up being uh, this in- introvert ugly dude. 
Everyone uh, has asymmetrical faces. That's the natural way of faces. <laughs> um, and the, the 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 character that we created for uh, the, the the character that Anne was going to be controlling was uh, she was a bookshop owner that wore mismatched socks, had soft skin, and was untidy or something. I can't remember what the final trait was. Um, and the, the game has a lot of sweet things. So you, you build these two characters. Um, that's fine. And then you play these kind of story cards. And the story cards, uh, they have um, what they call sweet cards. And then they have drama cards. And then they have um, the sweet drama. And there's an, another one that's kind of a step up from it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, yeah. The, so there's like kind of the sweet stuff. Then there's the more serious yes sweet serious and drama okay. so a sweet card could be like um you're out hiking and you're in a secu- you're in a secluded place and the mood takes you um it doesn't look like anyone will catch you having sex in public what do you do and it's a card for your part uh, your partner to choose um or it sometimes so it's a, a choice that your partner makes or a choice that both of you make and if you make the same choice, then you kind of get bonus points or it changes various ca- uh, characteristics. So there, there's various characteristics that you have in the game that you're trying to get. Think of them as, uh, you know, like um, magic, stamina, willpower in an RPG. You're building that a character to that kind of level. Yeah. Um, and you're given... Um, everyone has got sort of objective cards ways to win the game you win the game if you're if you're still in a relationship and you have i don't know that you know you, you have the most um you're the most sympathetic between the two characters or you're the most stubborn between the two characters so these are the kind of um uh traits that you're trying to build on or get make less yeah um so yeah, you can have cards like you know you have se- uh, the opportunity presents itself to have sex in public. What do you do? Uh, then th- there's other things like uh, oh I've had an argument with your mother, you know um, whose side do whose side does your partner take? And that's kind of the drama cards. Yeah. And then it can it can go like deadly serious. There's things like um, you have uh, you, you have a, a romantic evening, and your partner forgot to take birth control. What do you do? <laughs> so again, there's that choice, and then all of a sudden, it's like um, she, uh, your partner's pregnant. What do you do? And so it goes from being quite this funny thing in funny situations, and it can go very serious very quickly. Yeah. Um, so the demo we played was really, really good, um, and we ended up that there was no way this couple were going to stay together. It was going to crash and burn. <laughs> but depending on the the way that you shuffle the decks and things it can end up being, you know, this great relationship. Um, the cool thing that we found as well, and that the, the guy that was demoing it was super sweet. That, um, if you watch the Kickstarter videos, um, it's the designer of the game that actually showed us the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like he's, he says, you, you know, that, um, what you should be doing is build into the character. When you get these traits, they may not be what you're like as a person, but just go with them and play the cards like you think that person would, you know. So the the, the character that uh, some of the traits that the character I was playing had was completely different from me. Um, 
So I, it was kind of weird to be sitting across from my wife and she's playing these game, the, this card and she's asking me a question and the the natural thing is just to, to answer it as you would, but you have to look at these cards and going, no, no, right. So uh, one of the cards was you have a you you have an argument in a restaurant, and the um, one of the options is you stand your ground. You know you know you're right, and you cause a big scene in the restaurant. And the other one is to you know, I'm sorry, let's go home and talk it out. And the other one I think is to to back off completely. You know so, um, and one of the things I, I probably would never do uh, would be to cause a scene in a restaurant. But my character needed the, I needed the result of that because it built up one of my stats and it was a stat I was going for. Yeah. So I was like, I have to play that. Um, but once you get into it, it's quite cool. Um, we also seen like um, best friends play the game as well, and that's quite cool. One of them take, you know, plays a, a male or a female or whichever you prefer, you know. But they were playing like a man and a woman, and they were in this relationship, and the interaction between them was hilarious. It was brilliant to watch. Uh, and it was almost as fun watching them as it was playing outside of the demo as well. Um, the guy is super sweet. Um, he actually ended up, he was staying in at our, at our hotel. All right. You know, so we kept bumping into them. We yeah. bumped into them at dinner once. Um, and uh, he'd seen us that much that when we, and we'd watched a couple of demos of the game, that when we eventually went to go and play the game, oh, you're back. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, nice. I know you and it was like oh yeah no I says no um, you know us because we're staying in the same hotel and friends of ours played the game oh yeah so what do you think I said well we haven't played it yet oh you haven't played the game yet sit down <laughs> and so he runs through the whole demo with us and uh, currently if you are looking to back the game so the game uh, Kickstarter's finished and everything like that and the game is being made they are now doing pre-sales and if you order now between, oh, sorry, before, uh, I think it's like the 11th of November or something, mm -hmm. you can pick up the Kickstarter version for the same price as the Kickstarter. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so you, you're getting all the, oh, I beg your pardon, you're getting all the stretch goals and everything that were included in that as well. So That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, I would definitely um, check it out. You know, if you are interested in the game, I believe uh, Rado did a run through of it as well. Yeah, he did, um, and he did a really good run through of it and things. Mm -hmm. uh, he really liked it, I believe, as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. We found a quite a few surprises as well. So, um, guys, I'm just kind of rambling. I'm looking at. Uh, I've got a picture of most of the games that I played. I've, um, so, if there's anything you want to ask or anything, just interrupt me as well. Um, we will. We found. We found a game, uh, so we were wandering um, on the Thursday, and we'd bought a couple of games, including Innis and Last Friday, and we were heading off to go and see the, the publishers we worked with last year, just to pop our heads in and say hello. So walking through one of the, the small smaller halls where you get uh, a lot of the independent guys, and it was a, a German chap stopped us. Um, I spoke to us in German, and it was like, sorry, um, not catching you oh right no cool um can i interest you in this game and he was busy he was hustling he was just hustling people walking past the booth and it turned out to be a, a japanese card game uh and it's a, a japanese card game based on a 400 year old traditional japanese game called karuta oh i know the one you're talking about now yeah so yeah. if you 
if you Google this, this is basically it's a game that's been played for years and years in Japan. And what it is is there are poems written on cards, and these cards are distributed evenly between two players, and um, the, it's got refrains of poetry, um, Japanese poetry written on cards, and it may be. Um, Let's say, for example, the poem was three blind mice. So um, on your card, it would be um, see how they run. They all run after the farmer's wife. Um, and that's fine. So you know that's three blind mice. Um, what happens then is it's placed on the field, either on your side or your opponent's side. And there is a reader. And the reader will read extracts from, he'll just read all these poetry cards. And in what he will read is he would actually read a little bit before the card what you've got on that card so instead of starting with see how they run he would read the poem starting three blind mice three blind mice hmm. then he gives a little pause and he says see how they run at that point or at any point when you recognize what that poem is you you go for the other card um if the card is on your side, it's fine, um, and it reduces your pile or the cards in front of you by one. If your opponent takes the card and it's on your side, it reduces your side, but not for long, because what they do is it is um, they give you one of their cards. Um, this game has it's advanced over many, many years in Japan, and the way that they play now is it's considered a martial art. Okay. So uh, we so we checked out the game. We bought the game, um, and I'll tell you what they've done to it. But uh, what they did was a couple of days after we bought it, they had a demo of um, proper Japanese, uh, you know, the Japanese art of playing karuta. And it's played on. They play on the grass mats, and they, they lean in front of each other. So they're played on the floor, and um, the game has advanced so much that it's not just a case of. You know, they put their hands on the cards. They slap the cards away. You know, so they do these movements and they uh, it looks like they're doing little mini katas and dances. And they're trying to fake their opponent out to touching the wrong card. But um, these the poetry that they use, Japanese children, you know, they're taught these poems. They know them. It is like it is literally like three blind mice and, you know, Dr. Seuss. They can quote these poems. They know just from the beginning of the poems um so it's advanced to such a level that to get the card before your opponent if you can do a move to slap the card away um and it is fast it was amazing just to see them play it and when the reader sings the they sing the poems Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing but the um so they've created an english version of this is where i'm going with the story (laughs) (laughs) so they've created an english version of this and i thought you'd learn japanese i I wish this was going yes yeah yeah, that is that's the ultimate goal went to germany for a week came back (laughs) japanese somehow but uh so you end up with um a hundred cards these cards are split into sets of 50 and 50 of them contain excerpts of English poetry from the Middle Ages right through to your kind of I want to say Renaissance period but up to like the 1800s yes yeah so you're looking that you know there's things like Shelley in there there's um, excerpts from Chaucer Shakespeare um, and it's 50 different poets Um, and so they've got excerpts of of different works there and it's fine 
Um, and then the second set is more modern things. Yeah. Uh, going up to, uh, you're talking uh, poets like uh, William Wordsworth, who did the World War stuff, um, William Butler Yeats, E.E. E. Cummings, and poets kind of of that ilk, Emily Bronte and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, you can mix and match. Um, the cool thing that it does as well is you can buy an app um, and the app has got a reader on it so if it was just myself and Anne that wanted we play we could play it and we put the app on and the app does the reading part for you uh, oh, nice That's yeah cool. so it's it's basically the way to kind of describe it the, so the way that they've you can play the game it's like advanced snap the reader reads a poem if you recognize what that card is you go for it um, and the, there's you can play it the sort of in the style of the the way the Japanese play it now, there's relaxed versions of it, or there's like a free for all where you basically take um, fifty cards, put them on a table, and you can play up to eight people, and you just stand around the cards and you're looking for the card. If you see the card when the poem's read, you go for it. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing some of that as well because um, we played a demo at at Essen and uh, it was brilliant Um, we played a six card game um, and it got down to the final the final one where we had uh, one card left each and uh, the the final poem was um, Tiger Tiger burning bright and I knew the next line before they'd even finished it and uh, Anne knew it as well and just both these hands flying at the table and she had She'd lost out by seconds, um, which is funny because she got the drop on me on two of the poems. Um, so she actually gave me a penalty um, twice. So Yeah, uh, really good. Um, so that was quite cool. I checked out quite a lot of stuff from uh, Yellow as well. So yeah. Yellow, Yellow Games do a lot of cool things. Yellow, for anyone listening and not too sure, they're the guys that make King of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the Yellow game that everyone knows um these big colorful games we got a a board game version of around the world in 80 days i saw this i really want it oh stunning absolutely amazing game it's a simple little racing game where um you're racing around a board that has 80 squares on it um you start a start point and go around the world um on your turn you can move as many squares as you want up to you entirely how many squares you've got as long as you can pay the money that it costs to move those squares so to move one square may cost you one pound to move two squares may cost you three pound to move six squares may cost you ten pound as long as you've got the money that's fine um you start off with a very with uh, money in your bank so you can move quite freely um there's certain squares where you land where you can get you can earn money and also if you are moving and you move backwards, so you can move backwards as well. And you can only move backwards a certain amount. You can move to a nearest, what they call a layover. So it's like a city, you you can stop over in Paris. So you can go way past Paris and then think, I need the money, and you can lay over. So you move backwards, and you can get quite a lot of money for moving backwards. So sometimes you move forward to move backwards. Or move backwards to move forwards, whichever way you want to look at it, mm-hmm. and you earn a little bit more money. Um, the game is very, um, very strategic. Uh, there's a couple other things that you need to do as well, um, but you can end up with uh, so 
we played a couple of games the one game that we played um, Anne was behind she was 30 places behind me now in any other game if you're playing and somebody is that far behind in a racing game that's it the game is finished she caught up and overtook me in one move jeez um, but then she she'd she'd made a mistake because there's, there's certain things you have to make sure of before you cross the finishing line. So she had to stop and she had to um, sometimes you have to miss a turn when you're earning money or uh, doing some of the things that you have to do. And she left it too late to miss the turn. So she missed the turn and I overtook her and she lost by one move. Oh, geez. So it ended up being very, very close fantastic game it works with i think it goes up to six or seven players a hell of a lot of fun this is cool yeah um so we checked out a quite a load of their things as well so uh, there's a game called the mysterious forest and again another stunning looking game it's a simple memory game uh you're moving along uh, a set of locations on a board and what you need to do is there's you need to pay certain items to get past this location the locations all start off face down and on your turn you turn over look at the card and then turn it back um so you basically have to remember what you need to get through each section um because after you've had a chance to memorize all the cards one at a time you then start rolling dice the dice uh, if you roll i think you roll four dice and you can choose four of the items that are on the dice to go into your backpack uh-huh. So you have the, you have to remember what it was you were looking for, and you also have to make the choice of these four items. Uh, after you've filled your backpack, then you um, you basically go through the forest and see if you can do it, see if you remember it correctly. Really simple game, takes twenty minutes to play. That's a good lot one. of fun. Yeah, uh, really, really good. Um, the yellow what else did we pick up there's they brought out the sequel to welcome to the dungeon oh, which I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't know if you guys have played that yet i've still not played no it. i haven't yeah uh, good game um the guys at uh, shut up and sit down they played it and they really liked the game they did a, a really funny video about it um so they've just brought out the sequel welcome back to the dungeon um, more of the same. Um, the artwork is it's way over the more over the top than the last one, which if you've seen the artwork, you've seen the humor in it. It's kind of hard to believe, yeah. but really good. Um, and uh, also checked out their new game, Sea of Clouds, uh, which is the new pirate game that they've got. Um, again, it's a, a for yellow, very simple game, but gorgeous looking and a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that those guys are quite busy doing with at the moment is um, their um, fairy tale games. So I think the first one was the the Hare and the Tortoise. Oh, it yeah. was a, like a simple racing game. Um, That's all right. Yeah, um, and uh, then they had Little Red Riding Hood and things. The new one that they brought out this year was um, Aladdin and the the genie, well, Aladdin and the lamp, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, we we played this game. Um, one of the games we checked out. I didn't. We didn't buy it, but we played it. We had a, uh, quite a lot of fun. It's uh, it's kind of like a push your luck game. Uh, what you're doing is you're blind bidding against. It's more a bidding game. Mm. Uh, you're you're blind bidding against all the other characters. Um, 
to see who can get the the lowest number dice to then um, go through these treasure cards. The, the whole thing's about treasure, and you're trying to collect cards. Uh, yeah, um, it was good fun, uh, but it was more aimed at kids and things like that as well. Yeah, which was quite cool. I do feel like uh, a lot of their stuff is, when even if it's not necessarily aimed at kids, it's made to be accessible enough that yes, everyone yeah. can play it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I uh, so th- you know things like uh, Welcome to the Dungeon is a little bit, a little bit from kind of more yeah. mature audiences and it's humour. And... I keep forgetting that they published that one. Yeah, it's uh, a oink game. Yes. Yeah. Originally was an oink game. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the sequel is still um, worked in conjunction with the original creator of the game. Yeah. But uh, Anton Bowser, who is quite you'll know him, he worked on Anton Bowser worked on the Seven Wonders. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, amongst other things, um, so he got involved with this game because um, he knows the he knows the the designer of the original. So they kind of, you know, did a collaborative thing as well, working cool. on the sequel. Um, and uh, speaking of Oink games, went past there. Um, they've always got some interesting stuff, and I ended up getting all seven of their games that they're they're busy pushing at the moment. Yep. Um, <laughs> all seven. All seven of them. Yes. Uh, Oink games. Uh, Kieran, you've spoken about Oink more than anyone else on the on the podcast. Yeah, so. mainly just because I really really like. Uh, Fake artist goes to New York. Yeah, so I think I think one of the things that we have we've we've spoke about is that um, it's quite difficult to get any of their games here in in Britain or even in America mm-hmm. um, without going to conventions and things like that. Yeah. Um, and even when you go to go to see Oint games at the conventions or wherever they are, their their games are quite expensive for what they are. They're very small. They, you know, they come in a very small box, and but that's it. But you want to see that what they do with this very small box, and you've yeah. spoken about this before, especially with fake artists. There's the the components is not that many of them, but they are well made, and the things that you end up doing with these games are exactly. are, are fantastic. Um, so their games are quite pricey. Uh, in Essen, they're, they're going for 18, 18 euros per game. And that's it. They will not change. You know, it's not like buy three and get one free or anything like that. It's like you want our games. They're eighteen euros. That's it. <laughs> um, so, but on the flip side of that as well is that you try and buy those games here. You go to Amazon and you're looking at you know thirty, forty quid for a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so essentially, you know, I could take these games that I've paid eighteen euros for, and I could very easily make you know 40 pound on each one of them um yeah. i would never do that obviously I mean, but yeah not all of them generally whichever one is the most recent one is in stock and relatively cheap so i got uh fake arts goes to new york it was pretty cheap because it was the one that was there but all right okay all the others yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um i had a look at the new one uh which i think is called troll mm-hmm sold out people are selling it for 35 at 35 pounds a copy Jeez, it's it's crazy it's it's nuts um yeah so they were quite cool to check out um they've got new stuff 
um, went past a Japan brand. So Japan brand for anyone that's not 100% sure, our Japanese company, what they do is they bring a whole load of games from Japan from various designers and publishers under this brand, this kind of house called Japan brand and they sell them for one weekend only and then that's it you're not going to pick them up mm-hmm. you know and they sell them at Essen that's it um, Japan brand is essentially responsible for bringing us games like uh, Love Letter mm-hmm. yep um, the um, Tragedy Looper is another one of theirs um, Code of Nine is another one of theirs uh, there is loads and loads of games essentially anything that uh, um, Epics is a new game coming out from EEG last year was a Japan brand game so they, yeah. you know that the, what they do it not only you know it allows you to pick up these curious little gems but um, it allows you know European and American companies to buy the license of these games and bring them to a wider audience so, which is quite cool. Um, we got a couple of the games there. Um, one of the games uh, was a game that Kira and I were very fascinated with. Um, it <laughs> is called Katak. Yeah. It is, it is cat volleyball. Yeah. So, <laughs> curious, actually, before you go to the games, did you talk to anyone at the booth much at all? Like, did, did, um, were they actually selling anything outside of pre-orders? Because I know they sold out of all of their pre-orders. Because we checked that page again after, or just before you went. Yes. Um, they what they do is they have a limited stock with them, so that mm-hmm. you know. Um, so they have like these are the ones we will let pre-orders do. And we will sell some as well. Yes. Okay, that makes um, sense. They were they were sold out by Friday afternoon. I bet. I mean. They seem to have a decent amount of stock for their pre-orders, given how long yeah. the pre-orders went up. But they sold out of everything. Yeah. Um, there were some games that were sold out. We went. We went to collect the pre-orders on Thursday afternoon at twelve o'clock, and then they said, "No, we we had to come back. I think it was either one o'clock or or half past one. I can't remember." Uh-huh. But at twelve o'clock, when we went there the first time. They were sold out of certain games Jeez. already. Um, so that's two hours. The fair opens at ten o'clock, um, and by two hours later, there was, I would say, there was four or five games that were sold out of completely already. That's mental. It is absolutely nuts. Um, and the guys are really cool. You go past there, and they've got little booklets uh, with descriptions of the games. I brought you guys some of the, the stuff from Japan brand as well. Um, does it, so you can see just you know the amount of work that they put together with just with yeah. being there and most of the stuff by the time they got there is sorry we're sold out <laughs> um, yes uh, so Katak is uh, it's cat volleyball you're essentially just uh, you've got a board and you've got a team of six cats um, and the the volleyball actually moves it's a, it's a disc and it, it gets served and it lands on uh, one of the three cats at the back. And what you have to do to get the, the ball back over the net to your opponent is you play cards from your hand. And the card will make, basically say, you know, move the, move the ball diagonally in one direction of your choice. Or it might say, move it one, uh, one space forward. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's cards that can accelerate that so it can make you repeat that action so you can move it twice. Um, you can uh, do power plays. So if you manage to uh, bounce the ball between, you know, on your side of the net twice and the third hit, you spike it across. Um, what you can do is it's a power play. And instead of your opponent playing the first card, you choose what card to play for him first. So you randomly pick a card from his hand and you play it blindly. And it may bite it may bite you in the arse, it may not. Um, and it translates the game of volleyball <laughs> extremely well, actually. Um, and it's a cute little game. The story, I love the story of Katak when you read it. And uh, because it says, one day the cats decided they wanted to play volleyball. They also decided that they needed a manager, so they contacted you. But they also contacted a second manager, so you're going to have to work together with this manager to make the cat volleyball team brilliant. <laughs> That's the story. That's pretty good. Like that. it's, a, it's amazing. It is really cool. Um, some of the other stuff we got from uh, Japan brand, uh, again, cats. They, they love cats. There's a, a game called uh, Magineko. I've not got the game in front of me, so I'm not 100% sure. But it, basically, it is Stray Cats. And um, the game is kind of hidden information game where you're playing as a cat that's got lost and all of the houses in the, the neighborhood look the same. And using your limited cat memory, you're trying to deduct which house is yours. So you're traveling over the map and you're revealing tiles of the houses and... Uh, depending on the card and what happens, you may reveal a little bit of the hidden information you've got. You've got three cards that basically, when you combine them, would tell you exactly what house you live in. But you can only see these at certain points of the game. So, you know, let's say you your first card says your house has a red roof. Um, but the first three houses that you find in the village may all have red roofs. So you then have to consult your hidden information that may say your house has a red roof and is a single story. So you can eliminate one of those. There's still two left. And your third card might say it's a single story red roof with a picket fence. And you ah, I know which house it is. And then you're basically now racing to get to your house before everyone else can get to their houses. Um, cool. really sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah really simple cool. game. Um, uh, Japan brand, what else did we see there? Uh, we saw a virtual reality game. Yes. I actually I picked this up as well. It's called Mask of Anubis. This one looks cool. So, yeah, I think this was a game that we found out of in um, in kind of video game circles before the board game guys found out about it. Um, yeah. I think we picked it up. Somebody had posted it within the, the GFG kind of uh yeah, background workings yeah and uh so what it is is you have uh you build this kind of virtual reality headset and you use your phone to download an app and um it's you're basically trying to navigate your way through a egyptian tomb and you have limited information you can put on this special mask and it allows you to see various snatches of an Egyptian tomb that you're in. From what you can, so from what you can see, you put the mask on. You're looking around in virtual reality. You can look up and down, left, right, and underneath, and you describe what you see. The people uh, around you 
then are using components, um, board game components, to build what you're telling them. You know, so I'm standing in a corridor. It um, it has uh, two paths, two straight sections, and then it shoots off into a T section. It shoots off to the left. I see a picture on my left. I see a Sphinx statue two blocks away from me on the right. So they have to build all this up, um, but you only have a minute to do it. You can only see what you're seeing inside the virtual reality mask for a minute, and then it goes away. Uh, you then have take off the mask and have a look at what they've built, and if it's fine you and you agree with it, that's okay, and it becomes the next person's turn. Um, and you, be, you build, uh, depending on the length of the game, um, you can build four sections of, a, of the tomb, or you build seven sections. Um, you, then you need to piece them all together to try and find the way. Once you think you've got it and you, you've looked at the four sections, you then um, take the, your phone out of the, the set of goggles and the solution gets presented to you. Um, and it's a, what happens then is it, you have to then move through the tunnel according to the directions of the app. And if you can do it, so you know if your map um, matches what, what's in the app, obviously you're going to be able to do the exact same moves that they're doing. If not, then that's it, you failed. Um, and that's the game. It looks really, really good. Um, I've had a little play with the virtual reality app and um, it works really well. Um, and if you want to be super geeky and annoy everyone, you can keep the sound on and the thing talks to you in Japanese. That's quite cool. <laughs> really cool. Um, and then the uh, the PS the resistance of um, <laughs> Japan brand this year was a game called Who Soiled the Toilet? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> game of the year oh, candidate. Oh, this is this thing looks amazing. It's a, a little round box, and it has a picture of a toilet seat on it and a toilet bowl, and the the name of the game is written in Japanese. So the idea of the game is that um, there's hidden information. Um, the game has two sections. It's kind of like a bit of a hidden information game, and then is a dexterity part of the game. So. Uh, the idea of the game is you want to keep this toilet as clean as possible, but somebody is going to go into the toilet and they're going to shit on it and they're <laughs> going to make it dirty. And so there's a little bit of bluffing, a little bit of hidden information about who did it, who didn't do it. Um, and so we find out whether they, you know, you, you go to the toilet and you look, there's a card and it says whether the toilet is clean or dirty. Um, and, you know, I look at the card and I go, the toilet's clean. Then Kieran goes up and Kieran picks up the card. Now, Kieran may have switched the card or he may not have, but he turns it over and he says, that toilet's dirty. I promise it wasn't me that done it. <laughs> right? So that's fine. So now we need to find out who did it. Um, and then there's also a section where you've got little brown poker chips. <laughs> I kid you not, it's little brown poo chips. And the next part is a dexterity part of the game where you're trying to sort of flick these chips into the toilet. <laughs> nice. Oh, so I haven't read. I haven't read through the rules properly. I've read, you know, little snatches, and I, oh, I, I can't read it for laughing. It, it just looks amazing. When you open the game, here's the other thing though. When you open the game, all the components for the game. So there's cards. There's the poker chips. The stickers that need to go on the poker chips, and there's a few other bits and pieces that like um, 
uh, little cards that um, you know you deal out to say who's going to be first player, who's going to be um, a dirtier of the toilet, who's going to be a cleaner, um, and all of the components are wrapped in toilet paper. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, it is. It's just so Japanese. Um, so it looked absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, there was there was other things we checked out as well. We checked out the a game. Uh, Kieran, you you're a big fan of Beyond Baker Street. Yes, I really like it. Um, there's a oh, there's a whole load of new Sherlock games out and coming out as well Actually, I, have, I recommended Beyond Baker Street to someone at my work and they went into Waterstones where you can buy Beyond Baker Street but yep. they also have it sitting next to three other Sherlock games and they picked up the wrong one just because <laughs> they had so many other Sherlock Holmes oh, based wow. board games yeah so we, we played, uh, we checked out three different Sherlock Holmes games nice. when we were there so we checked out a game called um, uh, Holmes and Mycroft uh-huh. Um and it's very similar. All the games seem to be, you know, quite similar in kind of deduction games. So we didn't spend too much time with that one. Um, it was the last one we checked out. Uh, we played a game called Thirteen Clues, mm-hmm. and this is quite a good game where um, it plays up to I think seven different people, and you are investigating a case. You are looking for a suspect, a a weapon, and a location. Um, But the the case that I'm working on is different from the case that you're working on. But I can give you... So you're you're working on a case and you have no information who you're looking for. I know exactly who you're looking for because I can see your suspect, I can see your location, and I can see your murder weapon right in front of me. But you can't. Um, and you can do the same for me. So what what we have to do is um, there's a there's a limited pool of suspects, and you're you know there's a list of suspects. My suspects on that list, and your suspects on the list as well. So by giving each other information, we can start to eliminate people off the suspect list. So you can ask me, is is my guy is it male or female? Sorry, you can't ask me that. You can ask me yes or no questions. Mm-hmm. So is my See, is my is, is he, are they male or female? You can say yes. Yeah, you could yes. <laughs> um, but you, so you ask me, are there any males? You know, is my suspect male? And uh, yes. So then you can get rid of all the male the females, um, and then I can do the same thing. Um, but um, you know, it would be obviously a different answer because I have a different set yeah. of people that you're looking for. Um, yeah, so that was quite good. There was a different game called um, Sherlock 13. So you've got 13 clues and then you've got Sherlock 13. Um, <laughs> Sherlock 13 was possibly a a better game. We, we bought a copy of 13 clues because we really, really liked it. Uh-huh. Um, and Sherlock 13 is a, a quicker version of this where you are giving you basically get given a hand of cards and they've got symbols on them and you you tick off you know each character has two different symbols what uh, out of all the suspects all the all the cards there's one card in the middle that's the the culprit um but if you're playing say for example a three-player game each of you may have five cards 
And what you do is you tick off all the symbols that you have, um, and then you start looking, um, and you can ask people, um, do you have any, one of the symbols maybe a pipe. Do you have any pipe? Has anyone got any pipes? And the two characters, put, uh, the two other players put their hands up. They, they just tell you whether they have pipes or not. They don't mm -hmm. tell you how many they have. Um, and the information that you have, you know in the entire game there are five pipes. And if you've got one of them and both your players, both the characters, sorry, both the other players put their hands up, you know there's at least three of them. Yeah. When it comes around to asking a question the next time, you can drill into that. So you can say, Kieran, how many pipes do you have? And you say, well, I've only got one or I've got two. Um, and then it allows you process of elimination because you're trying to find all five of those pipes. Mm -hmm. You know then, therefore, the murderer isn't somebody with a pipe symbol on them. Yeah. So slightly different. Um, and, uh, yeah, we quite like that one as well. But we thought, geez, we've got that many Sherlock Holmes games now. <laughs> Yeah. So we didn't pick that up, yeah. It's definitely um, a popular theme. It, yeah, at the moment, yeah. Um, but both of them were really cool games, um, but we'd already picked up 13 Clues, so Sherlock 13 was... It, it just felt that it might be a touch overkill as well. Yeah, definitely. But we've seen, uh, seen a lot of games, also a lot of things that were out that are <clears throat> um, expansions. So we picked up the expansion to... Um, Mystic Veil, which is the the new card crafting game that came out this year. Mm -hmm. um, so if you like watch a deck builder, but you put yes, the thing into other cards to build better cards in your deck rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool so idea. yeah, when you look um, when you look at reviews, one of the it got all you know very positive reviews. Everyone said it was a good game, but one of the things that people said about it was that it needed an expansion. And it's it's got it. Uh, the game's not even. It's now what, maybe six months old max, and it's got a new expansion. Um, picked up the new expansion to Seven Wonders Jewel as well. Mm -hmm. um, that was really cool. And they also had. Um, so if you've played Seven Wonders or Seven Wonders Jewel, you know that the coins they have are these little um, card well, cardboard coins like you get in most um, board games. Um, Repos Productions have recently they've um, upgraded the coins. You can get metal coins for cool. the game. Oh, completely! You know, there's nothing to the game or for the game, except you've got these big chunky coins, and it, it's the exact same thing as like the the chips and Splendor. Uh -huh. You've got this weight in your hand when you're playing the game with these coins, and they're absolutely gorgeous. It was like twenty yeah. euros for these coins. And it was like, no, I need to have these. So, yeah, I, I would have done that. Yeah, um, just for the aesthetic of the game, that makes it look really, really cool. A um, couple of other expansions that we got as well. Um, Dice City was a game, I think. Um, Kieran, have you played Dice City? No, I've not. Uh, Paul, I know you have. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we got um, th uh, three. There's been three expansions so far. The third one was released at Essen, um, but they had the other two there, so managed to pick up all three of them, which is quite cool. Um, and oh, it's just so there's so many games to go and see, and you can walk 
Um, eventually what you do, you know, once you've seen everything that you've got a list of that you want to see and want to do, you end up just walking through. And if you see something that looks interesting, you stop and you just nine times out of 10, you can play it, you know, and following that as well, you can probably buy it. Uh, and it's, that's why, uh, Essen is so much better for things than things like, um, you know, what we get here in the UK, we get EGX for video games. So imagine going through and playing Forza Horizon 3, you know, a week before it comes out and then being able to buy it, saying, I like that, I'll have it. Yeah. And that's what Essence is. So you get to buy these games and most of these games are not out yet. They're not going to be out for a while. You know, some of these games will be, get released between now and Christmas and there's people that have been to Essen and they've taken copies of the games and they've brought them home. Um, yes. It is, awesome. it is, it is, it's um, amazing. If you have any interest in board games and you're just getting into the hobby and you want to know, you know, is Essen worth it? Absolutely. The, you know, the, the, the currency, you're not saving as much money as you were before. It's not as cheap as it was last year. Yeah. Um, uh, but, as experiences go, you're not going to see anything like this ever. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Um, and just looking at the list of games that we we played as well, uh, just some of the games, the components are absolutely amazing. We found um, like uh, it was a Japanese cat game, and it's got these little um, these little uh, plastic cats that you play with, and it looks like. Um, the 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 cat game that was big for mobile this year. Um, oh, uh, Neko Atsumi. Neko Atsumi. Neko Atsumi. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, this game. I... The, the game looks like that, um, and it's just the, the little lucky cats with the the paw up in the air. It looks so much like that game, um, and I, I've got a sneaky suspicion this game came before the before Neko yeah. Atsumi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because it's uh, the game was brought out by an Italian company, um, so the game existed for a good couple of years before they brought it out, um, which is quite cool. We got the the new Pandemic, the Reign of Cthulhu game. Oh yeah, saw that. Yep. That was quite cool. Yeah, so we got we got to play that as well. Um, that is uh, that's the missus's new game. Um, <laughs> she absolutely loves it. Uh, Played, we played one game and we got horribly, horribly beaten. Um, but yeah, she she loves that game, so I imagine we're going to be playing a lot more of it. Um, just some of the games look is so good. We played a game and bought a game called Hop, and this game yeah, comes... that looks stunning. Oh, um, I'm not good. I don't. I'm actually I'm not going to talk in the podcast about this game because I want to play it when uh, so we're getting together this weekend, mm-hmm. and I. I'll explain it when you, because you have to, you have to see it, you have to play it. So we'll talk about it on next week's podcast. What you're saying? Yes, <laughs> yes. There's, there's, there's a couple of things that you're going to love about this. It's amazing, yeah. uh, good fun game. Yeah. So a uh, um, warning for or any of our listeners who somehow, if you're not super into board games and have somehow managed to make it this far into the podcast anyway, uh, <laughs> next week will one hundred percent be board games because we're going to play a bunch of board games at the weekend yes um and maybe i'll pick up jackbox 3 and install it on your ps4 and we might get a game of that 
but it'll be yeah, I... like 99% board games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I hop amazing looking game. Um, and then there was a game. I don't know if either of you have seen or heard about this game. There's been a little bit of buzz about it. It's a board game called The Perfumer. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. So this is a board game. And the idea is that you are perfumers in working in Paris. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to create scents. You're trying to create a perfume. Um, and you're given a recipe and it contains ingredients. Um, but you don't know what these ingredients are. Um and what you basically need to do, you're given ingredients and uh, there's a little strip on them. You can't tell what the ingredient is, but you can smell it. So it's a scratch and sniff game. And uh, you scratch these little cards and you smell and the scents on them. Um, we, we, we got a chance to actually speak to the, the maker of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they make a big thing about how this game is you know, printed the um, and the, the smells, how they're getting them onto the cards. It's not synthetic smells, you know, so it's not synthetically made. They use oils and essences inbred, you know, uh, built into the printer cartridges and they print these special strips and they will last at least 10, each card will can, be, can get scratched 10,000 times. And they, they're, they're sitting there and they're telling you, we tested it. That's really good. <laughs> so somebody somebody scratched this thing ten thousand times and sniffed it to make sure it was fine. Um, the cards themselves um, will last up to two years once they've been taken out of their seal. So the minute you scratch one, it should last you two years or ten thousand sniffs, whichever comes first. <laughs> um, it's uh, the game itself is quite. Uh, it's a pick up and deliver game, very rather light. But it's got this really unique aspect of uh, this deduction game. So it's a pick up deliver game. Then it's got this deduction game where you're smelling, and uh, you need to then figure out what the smells are and put them at the right space on your board. And then at the end of the game, the, the scents are revealed, and you score points depending whether you you got it right or not. Um, and that was a that was really cool as well. Um, a lot of the games that we've seen this year were from uh, Japan brand, um, Korea board games, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Big Fun, which are the the part of a uh, the Taiwanese board game directive. Or, um, but they're really cool as well, and the guys are super nice. Uh, and we ended up spending a lot of time with them and uh, buying quite a lot of their board games as well. Mm-hmm. But cool, so, sounds. It does. Yeah. It sounds so good. Yeah, this I I have got so many more board games that we brought back, and I don't have. We obviously don't have time to talk about them all, and you know we'll but talk. I'm sure about... we will in weeks to come. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about a lot of them that we played and things like that. But did you guys have anything you want? And have I missed anything, or is there anything you wanted to talk about Essen or ask about? Um. Not at the moment, no. There are probably going to be a lot of games I want to talk about after we've played um, <laughs> yes. a certain amount over the weekend. I'm particularly looking forward to the one I asked you to pick me up uh, yes. when you were there. Um, yeah. Which I would, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, which was a Kickstarter as well, believe it or not. It was, yeah, and I've actually 
the only stuff I know about it is actually from the Kickstarter and from a an undead Viking who's a yes board game YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched him lay out the game and play it himself, and it looks really cool. Doesn't look overly complex. The artwork looks quite nice. I don't know if you've actually looked at any, you were able to see any of the cards or anything while you were there. Uh, yeah, we had a, a quick look at the cards, um, but uh, what we did was so normally when we buy any board games, um, when we're buying them for ourselves you open up the boxes and you strip the guts out them. <laughs> if there's something that's not needed, it gets flung out because of the weight. Um, yeah. But luckily, with uh, it picked up a couple of board, a board game for you and a couple of board games for Kieran. Luckily, we didn't, you know, with the weight and everything, we didn't have to rip your games to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> to be I fair, Adam. For the smallest of things. I, to be fair, I think I asked for something pretty big. I don't, it looks pretty big. But well, I'm not sure. The, uh, the the game that you had asked for, um, we seen it. We so we walked past the table, and um, you know, obviously, if we can pick them, pick things up, we pick them up, and we went through, and we seen this little box, and we went, oh, that's all right, that'll fit in the case, no problem. So we asked, you know, how much is the game, and he tells us, so we hand over the money, and he gives us this game. I thought my arm was going to fall off. It is one of the smallest boxes you've seen, but it is fucking heavy. <laughs> There's a lot of cards in there. Um, so I, I actually thought it was a bigger box. It looks like a particularly big box, but um, in the Kickstarter video, but maybe it's been shrunk down since then. They tend to do that in the Kickstarters. What they do is they, you know, they make their product look as big as possible so that when they ask you for you know forty dollars you go oh well look how big the box is yeah it, yeah. yeah it's kind of an american uh, american it's publisher thing so it's, not always, the it's not always the best way to like gauge it <clears throat> uh, yeah but no I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing that um unfortunately it's a maximum four player there's gonna be five of us there at the weekend so i've said to kieran i may actually let the four use play it and just watch it being played for the sheer enjoyment of seeing how it's played. Yeah. I'd ha- um, I don't mind stepping out for a game or something. Well, that... be, there'll be a lot of board games to play. There'll be a lot of board games, so we probably <laughs> won't even get to it, to be honest. Yes, yeah, we, we've, I, I've been doing that as well, so I've been looking at the things that this is what I'd like to play, and I look at the player count. Listen, there is plenty of games that we can play that are five players. Yeah, so. yeah, no, <laughs> yeah well, I got a new board game. I didn't have to go to Germany to get it. I got, um, I got joking did... hazard. Oh yes. So have you have you had a chance to play it? I've not. I've not had um, a chance to play it yet. But I have opened up and looked at the cards and stuff. Uh, all right. Well, I backed, we might. I backed the version. I backed the Kickstarter for it. It was Kickstarter, and I backed right. the version. Uh, that was the, uh, the two copies one. So me and a friend both backed it together, which got us the yep. shiny red box edition. Oh, nice! Uh, which came with the history expansion and the thank you for backing a Kickstarter expansion. <laughs> so that's quite good. Nice. And the back cool. of the box says "Holy fucking shit" on it because they're never doing this box in retail, so they can put swear words on it. Oh, nice! So that's quite nice. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we might get a shot of that as well. You never know. We'll check it out. Okay, so bringing up the elephant in the room, if we're all done. Yes. Are we all done with what we've played this week in board games? Yeah. Yes. I think there's only one news story worth talking about. That's it. Red Ooh. Dead Redemption 2. 
Oh yeah. Exactly. Hell yeah. That's what we're talking about. I I have a new Grand Theft Horse. Yeah. Two. No, it should be Red Dead Revolver Two. Red Dead Revolver. It should be Revolver was a better game than Redemption. To be honest, I'll be I'll back you up on that. In my opinion. Um. Yeah, but I. Redemption was a good game. Um, good story in that. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy good. with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, cool. definitely. Excellent. Um, but you know, me bringing up this next one kind of hurts a little bit. It it burns my soul as a person to say that it interests me. Is that the? Uh, the Nintendo NX or the Nintendo NX or what's it now being called? The Switch? Nintendo Switch. Switch got announced today. So this is Nintendo's new console. Um, and as predicted, it is a home and portable console in one. But as a portable console, damn, that is a big old portable console. Yeah, it's like a biggish phone. Uh no, it looks bigger than that to me. It, it genuinely looks like carrying around a, a seven-inch iPad with controllers attached to it. It's not that big, but yeah, it's big. Yeah, uh, the screen's it, six inch, so it's more like uh, slightly bigger than a like Galaxy Note. All right, so it's like carrying about maybe a, an iPhone. It's like a phablet. Yeah, it's like, it's carrying... like a really small tablet or a really big phone, basically. Um, but it looks cool. Um. Yeah, like you said it's it, as the world predicted. Um, it's a hybrid console that is both handheld and console. Yeah, uh, it's like a big tablety looking thing. You when you take it home, you dock it in a thing that lets you run the games on your TV. Uh, uh, Nintendo came out and said that the stand doesn't do anything else. It's just a. It's not adding extra power to the console or anything like that. It's just a charging stand with HDMI ports. Um, so it'll be the same games you're running on both, basically. Okay, so I, I actually thought there might be something within the stand, like a, an extra graphics chip or something for yeah, processing. I think one of the big. But uh, not it's contained within the phablet. Yeah. That's interesting. It'll be intriguing to see what the graphics is like now looking i did a bit of researching earlier on and i'm remembering this off the top of my head i probably shouldn't be if someone wants to pull up the website and quote me as wrong i'll actually take it because something from nintendo interests me they're running a nvidia tegra chip it's um based on an nvidia tegra chip it's a custom one it's not custom built the, the chip and the processor that's going to be in this and the graphics processor that's in it all for a Nintendo for this console yeah. which is the um, first time is Nvidia really... has made a console GPU in quite a while um, yeah. not um, for lack of trying from what the rumour said like they, it leaked a while ago that Nvidia was going to be doing the, the insights for this and yep. if the leak is to be believed, the reasoning is pretty much because they wanted to be making them for the last consoles and couldn't get the deals done. And somewhere down the line, somewhere higher up said, get a fucking console deal or we're shutting down the Tegra department. So they got a fucking console deal. 
Seeing <laughs> <laughs> that they built an entire architecture for this is actually pretty cool. I'll, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fling that out there. It's really cool, and depending on how it stands up, I'll be either impressed, and I won't say disappointed, because I'm not expecting much. I never do from Nintendo, and yeah. I want to be impressed. Like hardware-wise, it's going to be at its least as good as the Wii U, but most likely stronger uh, because it's running the new Zelda game. It looked like they had Skyrim on the trailer, but it wasn't confirmed. If... Everyone is assuming it's Skyrim remastered because it'd be really weird to just be showing old school Skyrim on it. In which case, that means it's at least as powerful as like an Xbox One. An old school Skyrim. It's, it'd be quite funny if it's last gen Skyrim and it's like, okay, this is just a Wii U then. Um, yeah, pretty much. Which wouldn't surprise me that much. And honestly, I wouldn't mind that that much because that's really powerful for a handheld. And it's, Port, yeah, portable Wii U is really powerful, so... Yeah, it's like, it'd be outdated for a home console, but it's a Nintendo console. They always will be. Um, it intrigues me to see what they can do with games from the handheld side on this. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what we've said in previous podcasts that has kind of made me into the idea of this as a hybrid system is Nintendo releases quite a lot of games every year. But the Wii yes. U and the 3DS individually don't have that strong a library each year because, well, Nintendo releases a lot of games every year. They're releasing some of them for the Wii U and some of them for the 3DS and overall neither of them get a lot of games. So... Being, yeah. them being able to go everything that comes out on this one system is our games Like we don't make handheld games and home games we just make games. switch games yeah. yes is a good thing because that means like rather than going oh uh, we have our two Mario teams one that's making Mario 3D World others making Mario 3D Land they're making both those games, but they're making them both for the same system now. Yeah. 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 Same architecture, same dealing with. Exactly. Um, so contract. rather than having Mario games that come out like a year apart and you're like, and on different systems, you're like, oh, 3DS got a Mario game this year, Wii U got a Mario game next year, you go, oh, they both got Mario games, or the same console. The one console got two Mario games within two years. That kind of stuff. Like it may not pan out that way, but it'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool. And also, it means like for fans of other Nintendo properties, like you know, Pokemon will be a home console game now for and the that first time ever. Draws me in so much. Games like that, and also, it'd be really cool to play a Fire Emblem game on. Fire Emblem used to be a console series. Um, the Wii uh, was the last one with a console game on it. Yeah. Um, just it'd be really cool to play some of the ones that have been on the 3 D 3DS. Those have been good yeah. games, really good games. Yeah. It'd be fun to play on the bigger screen. And I really like and use a lot the uh, the cross save system on the Vita. Yes. Like that was how I played through games like Guacamelee and Rogue Legacy and stuff like that where I could play it on the bus or the tram on the way into work get home, sync my save over, play it on TV on the PS4. And With this, you're just literally going to be able to lift it and keep playing as you're going out the door. Exactly. So, that seems great to me. Be able to do that with every game. Just be like, okay, great. I can play it on the tram on the way into work. I can yep. then play it at home. I don't have to worry about syncing saves because it's 
on the system. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the one thing I will say is I don't know how I feel about the the controller. It does. It looks like a combination of all the controllers. I think so it's it a looks cool like idea. you. Yeah, it looks like you can have it in two sections, like nunchuck and the Wiimote, or you can have it clipped together on the screen for portability, like the Wii U controller. Yeah. So it goes. Or like, basically, the the for people that haven't seen it yet. They're called the Joy-Con, which is a really funny name for a controller. Um, yep. And they are two little kind of almost like mini Wii Remote looking things. Um, but both of them have a straight edge on the middle or on one side and then a rounded edge on the other side. And the straight yeah. edge clips onto either side of the screen of the main system itself and becomes makes it into a big kind of like a big Vita basically or a small gamepad. And yep. Then you can also clip them off again and stick that screen. Actually, I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess you would. And you can then stick that screen into a dock unit, which plugs into your TV and lets you run all the games on your TV and stuff properly. Yeah. And so you can either use them. Go other places. Yeah, you can either use them like the Wii, so you've got two, one in each hand, mm-hmm. or you can clip them to a little joining thing and use them like a gamepad. But the other big gamepad. Yeah, the other thing that I've seen in there. Which they're calling the uh, the GamePad Pro or the Joy-Con Pro or whatever it is. The Nintendo it, Switch Pro controller, from the looks of it. Yes, something like that. It it looks a bit like a 360 controller. A, yeah, a it does. Controller. I will probably, if I buy one, be purchasing that for playing in the home situation. Yeah. Because cool. it's so much more comfortable and just probably. what I'm used to. Uh, so I think that may be being created for people to that are used to home console controllers such as the Xbox One, etc. Um, I'll try the the modular one, like the because I assume it. They haven't said like it was a three minute trailer. This is all they've done is a three minute yeah. trailer. They barely explained anything. Um, we but, just know it's March seventeen. Yeah, presumably it's going to come with the the kind of the controller husk that you slot the two module things into, and it makes it into just the regular kind of handheld controller, like kind of big one. Um, if that works well, that sounds good. Like I'd, I'll definitely try that. Um, I'm sold on it. That's, I kind of was already anyway. I just needed to see. For me, I just needed to see like how the controllers looked, because the rumors of it being like a, a modular controller like have been around for a while. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't super sold on the idea because like I I like it as a concept. But, you know, depending on how they made it look, it could be really dumb. And the initial kind of rumours, people weren't sure. They are like, oh, yeah, you have these two modular things that go on either side of the screen to make it handheld. And they take them off and it becomes a controller. None of the rumours had said anything about this kind of empty husk that you put them into to make a controller. So everyone was assuming you just kind of slot them together and it'd be this really weird fucking looking controller. Um, thankfully, it's not that. So I'm glad <laughs> of that. Thank you. Um, it looks cool. I I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah me too. I it's the first Nintendo console that's interested me in a yeah. very long time. Be be interested to see pricing and all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm I... gonna wait until it's been out for a while before I purchase one. I will not be a, a day one picker upper. My assumption for prices will like my wild guess would be under two hundred fifty pounds. All right, because. 
traditionally that has been what Nintendo has done. The Wii U was different because the Wii U was a mistake in every single way. Um, yeah, yeah. But like the Wii launched at 180. The GameCube was around that as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo 64, Super Nintendo stuff, like they all launched like between 200 and 250 dollars. So, like the pound is pretty weak just now. So, you know, it'll probably be more expensive than the Wii was at launch, but I think it still will be pretty cheap. Right. Um, I think it's good. It'd be a smart decision to do. So maybe like 3DS prices. You know, where 3DS launch prices were like, well, after the price cut was, you know, around 200 ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I yeah. can see them doing that. It seems like the smart choice. Cool. Um, but also, they, they showed some games in their three minute teaser trailer. Uh, just for people that are interested. Uh, they so- showed a brand new 3D Mario game, which looked yep. really pretty yep. for the two seconds they showed it. Yeah. Uh, they showed Mario Kart, which. Uh, I don't think it's based on anything other than probably other rumors. Uh, people think is a port of the last Mario Kart, probably, but with some extra stuff. But okay. No one's, no one's actually sure. Um, Splatoon again. No one's actually sure if it's a sequel or if it's a port. Um, but it looked pretty, and they've definitely got some new stuff in it from the trailer. Right. Um, yep. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, Skyrim. Skyrim being a weird one because Bethesda came out afterwards and said they haven't actually confirmed that Skyrim's going to come to it. They were just working with Nintendo to let it be on the video, which is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah weird thing weird. to say. People yeah. are assuming it's because um, that Skyrim remastered comes out this week, next week, comes out soon. So maybe they're just saying that to be like, guys. I- Look, you're. We know you're all nerds and you're all excited for the new system, but buy our copy of the game now. I will announce it for the other system after you've stopped buying this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't skip this version of the game because we need the money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's actually, if you go on to some retailers' websites, Nintendo have also released uh, a list of just some of the partners they've got on board for a. Uh, for cre- cre- game creation for the Switch system, so we've got Activision, uh, Bethesda, Capcom, Atlas Games, Arc System Works, 505 Games, Codemasters, EA, Konami. It's nice to see them getting that uh, the third-party support back in a, a bigger style than they had for the Wii U. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see how many of them actually start doing stuff. Exactly, I would assume, yeah. I would assume they will, because I think you'll find a lot of these developers were making 3DS games and will continue making like investing what they would have put into 3DS games into this replacement for the 3DS yes. um, the other thing is for something that's going to be running as a home console um, we're not even playing with discs or mini discs we're playing with cartridges yeah cartridges um, which really is not that surprising when we're in an age where we get SD cards that can hold large amounts of a data now it is. I think it will I don't know if they've officially confirmed, but I think it's probably safe to assume it will also have some kind of micro SD port on it, because Nintendo yeah. systems always do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, honestly just physical media and portable devices at this point, like we've been using smartphones for long enough to know that 
putting fucking cartridges into something you're carrying around with you all the time is a dumb idea now. Just yeah. Just everything. Uh, but it is a it is a cartridge based system like the the DSs, so it'll be interesting to see what they can do with a cartridge based system rather than the the other big boys which have got the Blu-ray. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see if it is different cartridges from the 3DS. Yes. They haven't spoken about backwards compatibility at all. I mean, they've not talked about anything at all. Like, again, it was a three-minute trailer, so we have more questions than answers or anything. But yeah, we, know, we really we do. know what it looks like. We know its name. We know that it's definitely hybrid now, and that it has these modular controllers and stuff. Um, yeah. But we don't know if it's backwards compatible in any way. It's not got a disk drive, so presumably not. It's not got a disk drive, and nothing in the trailer showed them using the screen on it as a touchscreen. So it actually did. Did it? Okay. I'm yes, sure. that screen is a touch screen. Okay, but still, it can't be backwards compatible compatible with Wii U games because there's no disc. There's no disc, and the screen is slotted into the console when it's uh, uh, docked. So yes, there's no dual screen functionality. So even 3DS stuff actually would probably be difficult to do. Um. So yeah, who knows. Um, we might get digital back digital backwards compatibility, so that's possible. We yeah. Shall see. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. One. Um. Yeah. That was that was basically the the big main news story I wanted to talk about. I haven't actually looked into anything else because, weirdly, that's uh, all I care about. <laughs> it was definitely, well, definitely overshadowed everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a little bit of board game news. Um, cool. So we were talking about Essen, how great it was, and there was one shitty thing that happened at Essen this year. What? So there is a board game publisher called Ludi Creations. Mm-hmm. They are a very small independent set of guys. They make uh, games, or they publish games like, and then we held hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game called. Ba- uh, Byzantio, which you probably would have heard of. Um, they made an Essen board game. Um, and they also did the, the games uh, Microfilms and Redacted, um, sort of two well-known and well-respected um, sort of party games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, decent guys. Um, they had their booth set up this year, um, and they were busy selling games, selling their new games, uh, those who were eight and a couple of other games as well um, and selling the games no problem at all and somebody stole their cash box that's real shitty yeah that... somebody somebody sneaked in they um, distracted the the, 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 the cashier um, asked for a game that wasn't there he said hang on a second went to look in the back to see if he could find a game for them and they they stole the game they stole the cash box away with it um, it had happened to a couple of there were reports of it happening to other um, publishers. They'd noticed weird things going on and kind of chased them away. Um, they, they seemed to think that it wasn't board gamers that done it. They thought it was a professional outfit that had got into the fest, the yeah. fair, and were, you know, just targeting, looking for weak spots. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, Ludi Creations was that weak spot. Uh, the figure that was getting bandied around was somewhere in the region of uh, fifteen hundred euros. Oh, um, so, Jeez. most of 
near enough the sale of all their games um, gone. Um, the guys, instead of being, well, obviously were really upset, but they went home and thought, what are we going to do? And they made a game. They created a nano game called Steal This Game. <laughs> okay, it's a bluffing game where uh, you are a, a stall holder at a convention. One of you is a stall holder and the other person is trying to steal your cash box. <laughs> so it's got a couple, couple of elements. That's pretty good. They, they have put this on Kickstarter. Uh, and if you go to Kickstarter right now, you can back, the, back this. It's called Steal This Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can back it uh, for a princely sum of five dollars and it's basically it's a postcard game the game gets printed on a postcard you'll cut out the bits that you need from the postcard and you'll play your game you need to supply your own dice and a coin of some sort that's cool to, to play the game for 14 dollars so for an extra couple of dollars you can buy copies of the games that they were selling at Essen as well alright okay okay Um. It, so uh $14 will get you a copy of Microfilms or a Kune versus Lakia or They Who Were Eight. So you will get a copy of Steal This Game plus one of the games of your choice yeah. um, for $14 plus I think it's $5 shipping. No problem at all. And today the guys have actually managed to raise $28,400. That's fantastic. They, they, That's they, really cool. Yeah, the board game community has taken this campaign and run with it. Um, it's been shared all over the place. So, you know, this is us doing our little bit as well. Look at, on Kickstarter for Steal This Game. Go support these guys. They're really, really nice guys if you ever get to meet them. Um, spend a lot of time playing the games. They're as passionate about making and playing the games as the people that buy their games are. So it's a shitty thing that happened but they approached it you know kind of a good way and um the community i'm, I'm glad to say has actually rallied around them mm-hmm. i'm sure we'll go back up. good makes sense yes absolutely so um i i backed it as well um and uh i will we we can compare notes about what what game or what level you want to back at um, and make sure that we don't get the same game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah I'll probably I'll chip in and help. With, I'll definitely. Cool. Um, between us, we'll have a series. We'll have all the games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was uh, that was the bit of news from Essen that I wanted to highlight as well. Cool. So, cool. cool. Oh, uh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. Yes. <laughs> Pandemic Legacy. Season two has been announced. Yes, I actually yes. have this open as a new story. I thought um, <laughs> you need to. Yeah. Um, so the only details that we got uh, that have been leaked is a picture of the covers and another picture showing a prototype game board. Yeah, that's it. Um, but it, but it's coming. So. There we go. That's that's cool. Uh, I still have to play, you know, season one, but uh, I don't think I ever will because the people I play with have already played it. 
I'm sure you can find somebody to buy another copy and play it again. Probably. <laughs> just, I just need the people to play it again. How often Excellent. can you get it? How often can you get up to Edinburgh? <laughs> <laughs> For you, as often as you want. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, have we got any more news stories? Uh, no, that's all I had open. I'm sure there was other stuff, but again, the in terms of video games, the NX Nintendo Switch reveal yeah, kind, of kind of blew everything else everything. out there. And in terms of board games, Pandemic Legacy 2 kind of blew everything out there as well. And also yeah. kind of the this whole cluster of spiel stuff. Like, when you have a video game convention, the stuff happens at video game conventions, you know, the big stories kind of rise to the top and you hear about them. I feel like yeah. board game ones, like everything is just as loud as everything else, and it ends up really hard to pick out what's new. Yeah. Um, but in a few weeks or so, I'm sure everything that is worth knowing will be known. Yes, yeah. So, um, cool. I, so, new releases. Uh, I take it you did last week's and you covered up to October the 21st? We did, I believe. Cool. So, um, couple of things coming out for October 28th so that would be the Friday as you're listening to this this coming Friday um, however coming out on Wednesday the 25th we've got Farming Simulator 17 yeah, uh, yeah drop everything that you're doing mm-hmm. buy it mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> there's multiple uh, game of the year candidates in this list that you're yeah well I was going to say yeah uh, one that you've always been hinting at um, for PS4 PC and Xbox One, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Yeah. The first Dragon Ball Xenoverse was almost in my game of the year list last year. The only reason it wasn't is just because how many other great games came out. Like, right. They're, that's a really fun kind of action RPG series with Dragon Ball Z wrappings on it. So, uh-huh. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I played the beta for that actually a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember if I mentioned it last week or not, but it's, it's they've improved that game in some really nice ways. Yeah. Uh, what else you got coming out? You got um, Just Dance 2017. See, more Game of the Year candidates. Exactly. Um, you should read the platforms for that one. Uh, right, okay. I will do so. <laughs> Xbox 360, PS3, Wii, PC. <laughs> Wii U, PS4, and Xbox One. They're still making Wii games. Yes. What the fuck? PS3 games. Well, here's... The, um, I've just seen that uh, that's coming out this week. There was a card game. So, like I said, when you're walking through Essen, you just see all of these games. Some of them stick in your mind. One of them that I stick that stuck in my mind is a card game based on Just Dance. <laughs> so this it's in great. collaboration. Yeah, it's it's in collaboration with um, Ubisoft. It has the same graphic style. Um, so it's got those funny outlines of. Um, you know, the, the guys and the poses and stuff like that. No idea what the game is because I was looking at the car and I was like really interested in it and there's a guy coming over and I thought, oh fuck, he's going to want me to play this and dance with him because he's like da- dancing and grooving as he walks over and it's yeah. like, oh fuck this. <laughs> I made an escape. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's a, a Just t- Dance card game coming soon. Did you not... um, oh, it's coming soon. So I was, yeah. was going to say, how did you not buy that? But if it's coming soon, okay, fine then. Yeah. Uh, Mark McMorris, Infinite, Infinite Air. I don't even know what that is. 
Um, it's Mark, Mark Morris Infinite Air. Yeah, how, how, many, you how many times you've been walking around going, man, I really just don't have enough air. Like, yeah. I am running low on air. Mark McMorris got you sorted. He's got infinite air. Yeah, he's got plenty of the stuff. He's got tons of it. Yeah. I think it's a snowboarding game. All right, okay. It may be. Um, uh, probably not. Coming out for PS4, uh, one for friend of the show, a friend of the show, Nobunaga's Ambition, Sphere of Influence, Ascension. How many fucking titles does this game want? A lot. <laughs> Lot. It's got three titles. Is this a expansion to the last one? I think so. Because it was one that came out like earlier this year. Yeah. Is this an expansion um, or is it another game or is it? I'm gonna look this one up because I I meant to play Nobunaga's Ambition earlier this year because I heard it was really good. Yeah. And it seemed like my kind of game. Um, infinite air. <laughs> infinite air. I don't know. This doesn't say. It just says it's coming out. All the news stories just say it's coming out. No one knows what it is. It's just like it's coming out, guys. <laughs> Standalone expansion. There we go. It's an expansion. What else is coming out? Mike. Mike. Oh no. Oh. And we have lost Mike. Unfortunately. Did you learn about Infinite Air? Uh that's that's right, that's where I go for university. Hello. Hey Hello. You died. I died, yes. You came back though. Yes. I came did. Right. What uh, comes we... out after Nobunaga's ambition, Mike? Let's do let's do this quickly before you die again. Root letter. Is Fuck that... knows what it is. That's the I, I... Uh, that's the munchkin version of Love Letter, right? Uh no no that's just called Munchkin Love Letter. That's no. you're wrong. It's called Loot Letter. Come on, Mike. No, that's Loot Letter. This is Root Letter. Oh, I see. My mistake. Yes, Root Letter. Maybe this is the the Harry Potter. You know when they're in and they're pulling those wee things that scream and they've got the big <laughs> earmuffs on. Root this letter. is like the Arbitorium version of uh, Loot yes. Letter <laughs> for people with really yep. trees. Yeah, Root Letter. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's coming out for PS4. And oh, that is. it's a P cube game though, so it's probably got tits everywhere. I <laughs> uh, yeah. I look at the roots on that. Um, <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Uh, Sky <laughs> Skyrim. Uh, the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim Special Edition is coming out for uh, the three beasties: mm-hmm. PC, it- PS4, and Xbox One. Possibly yeah, did you not know this Nintendo was coming out? Switch. And yeah, there's no Nintendo Switch. In so, the land of Skyrim. Um, there is also Titanfall 2 coming out. Ooh, that nice. Yeah, that's October 28th as well. Um, yeah, so that was quite fun. Uh, and then the one I'm interested in, World of Final Fantasy. We spoke about it earlier on. Yeah. 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 Only because done that. Comes out uh, Vita and PS4. I wonder if that's cross by. I don't think it is. Um, if anything, if uh, if it's like it's yeah, well, God God Eater Two was cross by, but it was only um, if you bought the PS4 version, then you got Vita version. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it being cross by, and it's a Square Enix game, so probably not. True. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we have. Uh, 
Yomawari, Night Alone, and what the? F- <laughs> it, yeah, it's an NIS game, so. I'm pretty sure this got. Whatever. I, I looked this up a wee while ago. So, I have a friend who pre orders pretty much every game that is ever going to come out that is remotely interesting. And we had a conversation where we went through this exact release list and I looked up what this game was and I've already forgotten. But I is remember it? it looks kinda cool. It's like a it's like a isometric kinda anime horror game. Oh yeah. Um it genuinely looks quite cool. Um it's actually two games, I think. I don't think it's I think it's two yeah. games bundled together. Um Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's um, got a fucking bizarre name. Yeah, it looks quite bizarre as well. So, um, very interesting. PlayStation Vita, the, your home for weird Japanese games. Yes, yeah. Some of them aren't even pornographic. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Very weird. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's everything that's coming out on. Uh, next week Friday or as you're listening to the podcast this coming Friday yeah cool yeah and Xenoverse um, 2 pre-orders and this uh, should be coming next week as well oh really yeah, well the I was looking at the, the Twitter <coughs> of the place that I pre-ordered it from and he said that the publisher hasn't actually reached out and said when games are coming yet to anyone but they're expecting some point in the next two weeks. So Oh, okay. We shall see. Excellent. And with that, and being the host, I'm going to tell you two to can it. Cool. Lovely. <laughs> Where can they find us, Paul? They can find us online on Facebook at gl- facebook.com forward slash glitchfreegaming on Twitter at glitchfreegame. Where can they email us, Mike? Uh, I don't know. You can send us an email to podcast <laughs> at glitchfreegaming.com. And Kieran, I'm not going to ask you anything because we've already done it all. That's good. So I don't remember any of these things. <laughs> um, we'll have a new icon soon. We'll be looking all prettier and we'll probably make the site look a bit prettier as well. If I would say tell the people about your... What? Yes. We'd still tell the people about your uh, your lovely new book podcast, but you still haven't recorded it. We haven't so. recorded one. There will be a book podcast called um, Kindle Corner coming up soon, starring me and my lovely girlfriend. Um, and yeah, we'll be talking about books, but we haven't recorded the first one yet. We're planning on we keep putting it off just because we've been busy, but we we're planning on recording a kind of intro podcast where we just kind of talk about the books we've read for what we you know what we like in general and then we're going to start reading golden hand by garth nix which is the fourth fifth entry in the, in the abhorson series in series yeah um yeah. which we are both big fans of so that'll be our first thing we read together cool and with that I think these poor people have been listening to us long enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Mike, tell us about more board games. Sorry, I saw that pile. You have more than that. Yeah, you have to come. And now for the extended cut of Glitch Free Gaming. For a pack back to of subscribers. <laughs> back to the Essen correspondent. Uh, Who has these words to say? See you next week. 
Bye.